to the salt of the streets coming at you every week with this food for thought hope you ready to eat with everything going on in this nation we need some information and that's why salt need to be stationed in your rotation with real talk and real topics real people real problems think we need some help to solve them and leave it up to colin and the donovan because right, that's the what, what's that uh-oh man. let's get ready And just like red, white, and blue phoenix rising from an ashes of a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, <laughs> we're back. You can tell we've been out of studio for a while, but welcome back to the Salt the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, April 3rd, 1.44 p.m., episode 105. And welcome back, everybody, to the Salt the Streets podcast, your one and only source for all the social and political commentary on all the weekly news, pop culture, and sports that you can handle. The best part about the whole deal, it's all built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come down and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless endeavor to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I am Colin. I am Donovan. And coming up on this week's show, we are going to be talking the migrant crisis, the southern border immigration crisis, whatever we want to call it. Or if you ask AOC, it's definitely not a surge, so it's definitely not a crisis. Um, we're going to be talking about the infrastructure bill, because we finally made it. We finally made it to infrastructure week. It's been like four years coming we're finally here finally here and so yep joe biden released on what was it thursday or wednesday down in pittsburgh released the first half of the quote-unquote infrastructure package so we're going to be going over some of that stuff and then we've also just got a big old grab bag of goodies for everybody big old sack i've got stuff in there from about uh, updates on cuomo because i don't know if you've noticed the story's kind of gone away but the allegations and his 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 scenario just keeps getting worse and worse for him. Yeah. And it's gotten so bad that the New York Times is writing articles against him. So we got we got that, we got this, we got everything you wanted more. So stick out, come over here, jump in the live chat, talk to us. We'll read your comments live on air. It's just going to be a great show. Offie's got some crusty things in the bag. Let's yeah, they're crusty. Some of them have been in there for a while. I've been collecting for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but anyways, that being said, since this is the real show, how you been, brother? We've been we've been out of the game for a couple weeks. I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. We've got some serious things. Colin told me that we had to keep the pre-show light today, so this yeah, because be we're gonna we're gonna get heavy. I'm gonna talk about war. Things are a brewing. Shit. The ge- geopolitical implications is coming back. We gotta talk about a little bit of that if we get time. The biggest things, though, infrastructure and migration, I think, are the the biggest topics we know we got to hit yeah well let's start here because i want to talk about something oh unions too if we can if we can get to that uh vaccine passports yes i want to talk about this just for the briefest the briefest of moments okay because this is something that was has been talked about for a while but was floated also in one of the press briefings earlier this week and so i want to find the right thing i appreciate that you really are devoted to those press briefings. I love this show that much that I'm willing to watch 
Because you don't you don't love watching those things, do you? She's the worst. She is the worst, man. Okay, vaccine passports. This was on the White House briefing from the 29th of March. Um, she got asked about vaccine passports. She had a whole thing. So even though she was like, oh, we're not looking into that. But I can tell you this, right? If, <laughs> if we were going to look at a vaccine passports, if we were. If we were. We're definitely saying that we were going to be looking at the private sector to be doing that. We're going to let the private sector spearhead those things. We're not going to do it. But we also would make sure that it's done under like four different guidelines, right? Because we'll definitely be providing guidelines. Even though we're not looking into this, we're going to provide guidelines. Number one, no database, no like public database and national database for all this information. Number two, no mandate of a particular kind of vaccine that you have to have. Like, you don't have to have the Johnson & Johnson. don't mm-hmm. have to have the Moderna. Number three, there would be an open marketplace. <gasps> so you can buy whatever type of vaccine uh, passport you want from any company. Oh, that's so because, nice. Because, you know, it will let the, the private sector spearhead it. So there, we're going to have an open market. Facebook and, will get involved, and we're I'm gonna make sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking goddamn right. We're going to make sure that, you know, we allow competition in the market. But who's going to make the best vaccine passport, the the safest, the most securest? And number four, public interest. Public interest. It has to be done in the public interest. I am planting my stake here. <laughs> there isn't a vaccine passport that is in the public interest. It's not good. This isn't the way to do it. Oh. I I saw just this morning. New York's got a like a pilot program they, yes. going. Yes. Yep. Yes. The Excelsior passport. Yes. So I saw this morning... I think the first comparison, the first time I saw this comparison of like, and I, I let me preface with this. I'm not even one that's, when talking about elections, I'm like, well, voter ID is the first step. Like, that's not typically where I align myself. I'm not opposed to it, but it's not like one of my usual talking points. But I saw on the internet this morning, somebody was talking about how the party that isn't even down for a voter ID is now talking about a vaccine passport for you to, I don't go back to your job ride public transport, travel to another state, like all of these things, go to a fucking restaurant, all this shit, go to a, a sporting event. If you want to go to a sporting event, you'll probably have a vaccine passport. Like that's what they're talking about, all this shit. No. So you don't think you should have a, how you don't think, you're not even going to consider the idea of an ID to vote, right? Which is super secure, very important. Like probably, you know, one of the most uh, deeply held rights that most people have, it's right? because it's racist, Donovan. You're not even going to consider a, a passport like an id for voting but you think that i should have i should mandate a vaccine for me and my family Mm -hmm. that's the first of its kind that has no long-term testing that had was given an emergency approval by the fda we kicked off youtube yet or and (laughs) that i should have to do all those things so that i can go out to eat or travel or potentially get my job back Mm mm-hmm and uh, I might add, uh, I'm fairly sure that you will need an ID to get your vaccine passport. The idea of that is extremely disturbing to me. Yeah. Um, that it's you rough. now, where are your papers? Like, that's that's what we're being asked. Like, that's what they're talking about. Where mm-hmm. are your papers at? How do you, and I'm not, we've talked about the vaccines in the past because we've done an episode. I mean, I'm going to write this down where you can hear us talk about it, right? We did an episode in the past talking about vaccines and vaccine mandates in schools because yep. there was the outbreak of measles in whatever yeah. town that was, super tiny town. That was back when we were just talking about regular old anti-vaxxers. Yes, right. So we talked about that, and we're, I'm, not, I'm not even an anti-vaxxer, right? I don't – I've also come to the point that I don't agree with mandating vaccines for anything, right? I, I think – and this is very off the cuff, so just – 
bear with me for that, right? I I feel comfortable saying that I feel like it's for the in general, the greater good, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. one person can set up a fucking outbreak of measles, you know what I'm saying? Yep. People who the va- the vaccine doesn't take for, they're susceptible to getting it. Like, there's all kinds of reasons yeah. I think it's probably the best idea. Yeah. And for those vaccines that we talked about that have been tested and tried and true for fucking decades now, right? I feel very differently about something that is, the, like I said, the first mRNA vaccine ever created of its kind, mm-hmm. right? Something that was, and I'm not... Whatever, you're not right? trying to distill hesitancy. No, you're just, because you should do whatever you want. But these it is a fact. Things, but I think because of these things, people should have the right to choose whether or not they get it, right? It was also, again, given emergency authorization, so it yep. hasn't been through the very full testing. You yep. know, It's not technically FDA approved yet. No, it was given emergency, yeah, FDA approval. It's uh, So for these reasons and for personal liberty reasons, I don't think that it's right. The idea to mandate this vaccine, really any vaccine, but this mm-hmm. one in particular, and then to mandate and enforce you to have proof that you have got the vaccine to gain public services like fucking public transportation that your taxes go to, mm-hmm. right? Now you have to go and get this vaccine to make sure that you're doing it correctly. Okay, so that being said, let me throw my two cents in here, right? Yes. Because what we're really talking about here is the reason why they can't mandate a vaccine passport, because that would... I don't know how unconst how many how much more unconstitutional you could get by the federal government requiring to do that. So they're they're acting like they're acting like they don't want to do it, but then essentially saying all the things that they want everybody to do right. because they can't do that. There, I mean, there would be a there'd be riots in the streets if that happened. If you think the lockdown you. protests were bad, then you you know because at the end of the day, we're all Americans and. Most Americans don't like to be told what to do. Right. Right? It's, that's a thing. But the real danger here with this is the social enforcement. Just like right. the mask mandates, just like the lockdown stuff, when it becomes a, a societal issue, because that's what it is, right? It's up to individuals and individual businesses to kind of, like, make their own rules. Right. And they have social pressure on them to do what they perceive the masses want them to do, right? And so when you're talking about a vaccine passport, the government doesn't have to do anything. All that needs to happen is for private industry to just start saying, yeah, no, you, we're open 100%, but you got to show me your papers before you come in and get seated. Yeah. And if you don't have that, I'm sorry, but we're not going to do business with you. They're not, the government can't enforce it, but they can let the private sector enforce yeah. it. And, and the amount right. of money required to bring that all the way up to the Supreme Court to try to say that this private industry is infringing on my rights, nobody's going to be able to do that. ACLU isn't going to get behind it. Nobody, none of the the nonprofits are really going to. Someone will do it. You know, so eventually, might. a lawyer is going to step up and do the yeah. shit pro bono because they're a fucking libertarian and they yeah. realize that this is completely against the constitution. Because uh, what we're dealing with here, man, we're walking straight towards like an authoritarian security state, and. The Fed is not the one doing it. They're implanting the idea into society's brain, and society is taking with it, and they're running with it. And people seem to be loving this idea. The, we came up with a whole new word for people called Karens. You know, when they're talking right. about people, you know, not there's people getting screamed at for not wearing masks. People are getting assaulted for not wearing masks. I mean, yeah. like all this stuff. None of that stuff is government enforced. 
I mean, some of the mask mandate stuff is on the state level and on the federal level, a little bit. But for the most part, it's all up to these companies to determine what they want to do. What happened to Texas? What happened to Texas when Governor Abbott removed the mask mandate? Did any of the stores really stop? Not really. Right. You know, it's still socially enforced. And we talked about that when it first started, that we didn't agree with the federal or like the government mask mandate. But that's companies should be able to do what they want. And even before it was a state mandate at least here right yeah. you still had all the stores home depot lowe's shit like that that like they're or the like the lines on the outside of the store oh yeah you know? i remember being in lowe's having somebody pull a manager aside and say i want you to know i specifically came here because you didn't have people waiting outside and at home depot they do yep like these were things choices that individual consumers were making because it fit their lifestyle better it fit their political choices better their social choices better people who wanted to go to home depot and really didn't want to be in the store with any more than 100 people or whatever were going to wait the fuck outside people who are at lowe's who didn't give a fuck about waiting outside or limited people were like fucking get me in the store get me the fuck out of here i got at least six weeks off of work i got to do something in my house because i'm going to kill myself (laughs) if i don't like that's true statement that's the type of shit that happened and i yeah, it, it's concerning to me. Um, it's, to, that's to the say most the concerning lightest, part. To say the least, you know. And something else I have to think about when you were talking about the enforcement aspect as far as the private sector goes, to hammer home a little bit, somebody in a world where vaccine passports exist, somebody has to enforce that. Yep. Right? And we've already seen private companies have it. And I'm not trying to fear monger. I'm not trying to like, freak anybody out. I'm trying to almost like a thought experiment play out this situation for myself and that's that's part of what we do here have these when we're not breaking out facts right and we're talking about these things we're we're trying to figure them out for ourselves and so in a world where vaccine passports exist and it's something that the federal government is fine with and private companies get to do it and so whatever you know we have 10 big companies that you can get a vaccine passport from but you have to have a vaccine passport to get into the fucking movies to get into the mall to get into this shit right yep. there's somebody there we've already seen private companies have enough issues with people who don't want to wear masks right we saw a fucking brawl in bath and body works or whatever oh like, yeah all this shit right over over insane things people screaming in the store i saw a guy in canada literally be tackled to the ground by store workers because he wasn't wearing a mask in an auto store seems kind of counterproductive i also said to jordan oh yeah not only does it not make sense i also said to jordan i was like they see you can't do that in america i said because if i was cornered in a store by 10 employees that's absolutely drawing my fucking firearms and i'm not saying i'm gonna shoot 10 people i said i'm saying i'm drawn and i'm gonna say let me leave or i will fucking shoot you i'm not gonna be trapped like a goddamn animal in fucking america i'm i'm not gonna do it when i didn't do anything against law i'm not gonna be trapped like a goddamn animal in a walmart for breaking I'm, one of your store rules. Nope, no. I will sooner draw and get myself out of the store than let myself be hemmed up by some fucking Walmart employees because I'm not wearing a goddamn mask. I would like to see a gang of Walmart employees try to tackle somebody. Dude, bad news. The entertainment value of that would so, just be golden. My point being, yes. right, to that very point, Walmart employees are not... Oh, the the general employee of really any store, yeah, other than maybe some type of supplement store or something, <laughs> not going to be prepared to potentially physically enforce this mandate. Like you cannot come in here without a vaccine passport. Without your passport, you cannot come into this establishment. You're talking about at the very least some type of 
private security mm-hmm. that's going to be enforcing this shit into these different because because if the government's not mandating it then they can't have police there they can't have the national guard there like yeah. i guess if the state government requested it, they could but that's also another step in the in the security direction state. of authoritarianism that is not mm-hmm. you know i think even james lee would would hesitate to make that yeah. call so it again you're talking about potentially private security forces that are you know or companies whatever small groups that are enforcing standing at the doors of different businesses enforcing saying show me your papers which i uh, (laughs) i don't know if i'm more uncomfortable with the government doing it or private companies doing it Mm -hmm. on behalf of like or not on behalf of the government but Certainly with the okay of the government, yeah. you know, that's like, well, it's none of our business, like, yep. you know, public interest and whatnot. Let's just make sure that it's all fair. Like, well, the most common, so I like to pull on this thread a little bit, because the most common kind of argument against, or I say for having something like a vaccine passport usually comes down to schools, right? When right. you enter into public school, you need to show proof of vaccination for X amount of vaccines for the kids. So that way then they keep it on. Or you have one of those um, in in the states where you can, you know, you can put in for a waiver for right. one reason or another, right? So you don't have to. But that way you maintain that net of herd immunity for all of these various debilitating diseases like polio and, you know, deadly diseases like measles and stuff like that. And that's how we did that. And, you know, you can understand it, why they require that for a school, right? You right. can understand that. And then, but for by the tried time, and true vaccine. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when you really look into that, you know who has that information? Like, your teacher doesn't have that information. Right. No, the administration, whoever is in charge of that, has it on file just to say, okay, yep, you, you're approved, check, we keep it, done. Whoever makes the roster for the school. When was it okay to start asking people publicly for their medical history? When did that just become okay? Yeah. Just because now there's a virus out there that affects everybody? Oh, wait, what's next? That's what, that's what I'm going to ask. You're going to do it for the yeah. coronavirus, which is not going to go away. I think... We all kind of have this understanding now. This isn't just going to disappear one day, yeah. which is why the vaccinations are so important and people's immunity to it is so important. But if that's not going to go away, what what are we doing? You know, How long are you going to maintain this requirement for a vaccine passport? You need to yeah. carry it out to its logical conclusion because if you do, you realize that you can never get rid of your vaccine passport. Yeah. You know, I totally, a thousand percent agree with, say, Countries requiring X amount of vaccinations to travel to their country, right? If you go down to the Amazon, got to get malaria shot, right? I had to have some shots done when I went down to Ecuador. That it's it's a thing, you know. When you join the military, you're going to get 40 different shots one day, All and it's them. just going to be a thing. Did I have any adverse health effects? No. You didn't even feel like shit afterwards. No, no. I mean, I did get sick at General one point during boot, boot camp, but they usually just there's a term for that, you know. You got the the boot camp crud. Because, you know, when you're packed in with, you know, 60 different human beings that are all at wit's end and not, not getting sleep in. Yeah. And, you know, people are going to get sick. But Hi. she's alive. Welcome, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told him when I woke up, I saw videos like your post that was like two hours ago. And I was yeah. like, yeah. good Christ. The, 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 Twitch, <laughs> the Twitch internet star arrives. Say hi to the people, baby. Just say hi to the people real quick. Hello, where am I? I have no idea. There, there you go. Hi. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, so I also want to, when you're yes. talking about following things to the logical end, right? 
I feel like when they started handing out the vaccines, they kind of planted the seed for this because I was out to dinner. Cost Mexico opened back up for full time, right? No and alcohol yet. New location. But yeah, the new location. Yeah, baby. No alcohol yet. They're still waiting for their license. It's posted on the door. They applied and everything. But okay. they're still doing food. So we went there. Jordan's grandma came back from Florida on Tuesday. So we went out to dinner with her celebrating. You know what I'm saying? So we went there. Jordan's aunt, Kathy, who lives upstairs, um, said we're talking about vaccines and stuff like that. And um she fucking she works at the casino um Mm -hmm. she pulled out her vaccination card and she's like oh they actually tell you that you're supposed to keep it on you like you're supposed to carry it with you and so very reminiscent of a lot of dark things that's i'm like so for what purpose do you need to carry with you if somebody isn't going to ask you for it if no one's going to ask to see it for what reason do you need to Mm -hmm. hold on to it you know and my grandma said my grandma lives in a retirement home nurse for like 18 years extremely intelligent woman she also told me that i should get it i was like yeah yeah grandma totally and when she's telling me this she's she actually said when you and jordan get your vaccination she said make sure that you don't laminate your vaccination card because eventually they're going to have to add to it for what why for what I know for why for that's why for your annual booster. And again, I'm not trying to fear monger here, but I'm saying like there are the doors are already open for this. This yeah. is not things that were like, well, theoretically, why yeah. I'm asking you why, if you're telling me as a doctor, as a medical professional, now I'm not saying my, she was at one point, but I'm saying she was told, right? Don't laminate your card because we're going to have to add to it for what? And then why? And then how do you keep it for a long term? <laughs> no. Yeah. For what? But it sounds good. Why? Yeah. So don't laminate it because you're going to have to add to it. And also make sure that you keep it on you all the time for an undisclosed reason. For just in case. But we don't have a vaccine passport. It's not regulated. Nobody's saying that we're doing that. Mm-hmm. But make sure you keep your shit on you all the time. Keep that thing on you. I don't like it. Is, it's just weird. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't look very good. It's very odd. It's concerning to me. And again, I'm not trying to fear monger, but these are the type of things that the, the, the details that at the time don't seem important, you know, and then as you just think and kind of operate in daily life, like that's a weird thing that my grandma said that to me probably two months ago when she was getting her vaccine. She said that to me like probably two months ago. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while since my grandma said that to me. And it was just on Tuesday that Kathy said that about keeping it on her. That's um, so wild. Yeah. Two months ago, my grandma said that to me. So not into it. Not into it, man. It's been a while that yes yes i didn't even think about that because i mean the minute vaccinations start to become a regular thing which i'm not i'm not going to say is not it's a good thing that this is happening right yeah i don't think it's a very good thing right can i interrupt just for a second say like i i just want to be very clear i don't think the vaccine is a bad thing right i think that if you are in a very common we've said this before but i just want to reiterate you know if you are in a compromised immune system if you are in a group uh, a high risk factor group. I think you should heavily, heavily consider getting the vaccine. I think you, if you are in a low risk factor group like myself, like Colin, generally, even though you already had COVID, I think that you have personally, I feel you have a duty to yourself to consider the larger implications of the choice that you're making. I don't think that it's a bad thing. I don't think that it's a bad choice. I don't think that it's anything, but I think if you have that grace, if you have that wiggle room, you should use it to consider it, right? I'm not mm-hmm. saying if you if you don't have to, fucking don't get it. I'm saying yeah. think about it. If if, if you're it, in your like 20s and 30s, if it's not pressing, it. <laughs> consider it. If it's pressing, get it because it's it's better for you in the long yeah. run, most likely. And at the end of the day, 
whatever your doctor suggests that you do is probably the right course of action. Whatever you do is completely up to you. I don't judge anybody. I'm not telling anyone what to do. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. I'm not a scientist. I am a regular dude who's high school. That's everyday it. normal people right here. That's What's it. Up? So, so I just wanted to be clear with that before we continue. Mm-hmm. So, like, so we don't get pulled off these. Right. You're fucking anti-vaxxing. <laughs> like, we're, I swear to God, I'm not. I'm just. I'm saying. I don't personally. Right. <laughs> so. Well, and, and if that's not, that still needs to be part of the conversation. It's not. Is the fact that you can't have a contradictory opinion about anything when it comes to the vaccines. Yeah. You need to be all on board or you're killing grandma. Yes. And it, it's still that way, it seems. And it it's not, you know, it's surprising people too. I mean, John Podhorance on the commentary, he's a thousand percent down with the Excelsior passport Yeah, because he just wants to get back to normal, right? And how many people are going to be out there being like, well, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't be okay with this normally. But man, we gotta. I gotta get back to normal. So I'm just gonna say, screw it. Well, have you seen? There was a video that came out earlier this week. That was a very short video of a woman being interviewed by Chris Cuomo. Maybe 30 seconds. Oh yes. And so she's talking about how well I really feel like we need to like mandate the vaccines now because if we wait too long and people are out being active and they realize that they can be active and nothing happens, then. You know, what leeway do we really have? Yes, if you can find the video, then her. yes. I pretty sure. Um, that's there fucking it, it right there. This All right, let's okay. just watch clips. 38 seconds. Action sounds on. Boom. And action. That the vaccine is the ticket back to pre-pandemic life. And the window to do that is really narrowing. I mean, you were mentioning, Chris, about how all these states are reopening. They're reopening at 100%. And we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status. Because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot going to be? How are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine? So that's why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you're vaccinated, you can do all these things here are all these freedoms that you have because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway it's clear to them that- here are all these freedoms that you have if you get the vaccine i, I hate this i hate this so right? much that like this is the position that we're fucking being put in right what's now. what's the carrot going to be I, 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 what what's the incentive how about not dying yeah if it saves my life should that not be incentive enough yeah if it truly is going to save my life should that not be in seventy? But no, no, no. It's all about getting a few freedoms back. That's she right. says. I, the framing, the framing to this entire conversation is screwed up. Yeah. It's so screwed up. The priorities are not in the same place. This is one hundred percent political at this point, and it's we can't let our team lose this fight. Yeah, and it's disgusting. The Even, look on Cuomo's face to look at it. Chris, Chris is like, <laughs> like I don't know that you should be saying this right What's now. What's going on? Yeah. I can't cause any more controversy. I'm already in heat. Even so what made me want to bring this up was earlier this week, ABC talked about this actually on Start Here, right? Okay. And the, the well, idea of a vaccine Bless you for, for listening to that show. When they talked about it, they, the person they brought on, she said she didn't think that it was a good idea to have vaccine passports. Her rationalization was mostly equity based that's like oh well the vaccine isn't being distributed equitably so you know the ids aren't going to be equitable so you know oh yeah people are going to be disproportionately if you can't get an id for vote exactly if if, exactly voter id is racist then passport vaccine passports are racist after that the slightest tiniest little portion of like also personal liberties 
They were like, <laughs> they were like, also, there's this idea of personal liberty and like, you know, your freedoms and people infringing on shit and like, also a concern. Hold on. Primary concern. You are an autonomous individual. No one gets to decide what you do and do not do for yourself. You own your body. You choose what you do. My the body, my choice. The, your <laughs> body, your choice. The government does not dictate what you do. But some reason, like this, this thing happens. We're going to shut down the economy. We're going to shut down all these businesses. 25% of small businesses are going to close. And we're going to celebrate when people find new jobs because we took their old one away forcibly. We're going to celebrate it as an achievement on our end. Right? Yep. And then we're going to make you get a vaccine that we're not going to, you know, you can watch a 44-minute Pfizer ad and they'll kind of give you an idea of maybe <laughs> how they got the vaccine how cooked up. How did you watch that? <laughs> they'll that maybe is, give you an idea. Of how got to, I've only ever seen it one time. Haven't yeah. even, haven't had that even pop up since then. Maybe because I watched all 44 minutes of it and they're like, no, he got it. Like, he doesn't need to watch it again. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. That ad only needs to be served once. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Just, just one time. I do, yeah. Oh my god. So it's just we're we're leading ourselves to the edge of the cliff. And and society is doing it willingly, openly, cheering it on the whole way and it's just I I I mean, I'm not in a I don't have a positive outlook for where we're going to end up on the other side of this thing. It's going to be a lot different place to live. Yeah. From here on out, I don't I don't see it going backwards, because through government mandate or not, the societal pressures are are making it so that you you must abide to X narrative or you will be cast out and you are evil and you are bad. Time to go away. And I just I don't know how you fix that. It's it's not like a bad law that you can repeal. It's just whatever society decides to dictate at the time, and if it's if it's truly a 51, 49% when it comes to societal needs, societal pressures, if that's all you need, if, if only, if you only need 30% of loud people convincing everybody else to do this while they're out in the world, then that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I don't, I just don't like where it's going. Cause I don't feel like with as openly as society has, open their arms, their minds to this, this super racist, anti-racism, wokeism cult. Yeah. With this, it's so easy for people to just accept that and move on and start preaching the good word of the cult. And it's, it's taken over a massive portion of our society. And there hasn't been, I mean, government has been trying to catch up by passing legislation after society already dictates that this is what we need to do because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Whatever vocal minority, minor, you know, whether it's a vocal minority or it's an actual majority of society that's dictating this thing and, and steering this. I mean, I guess it speaks to that the Andrew Breitbart, you know, politics is downstream from culture. Whatever we decide to do as a body, as a society, this amorphous blob, government follows on the back end passing laws yeah and i just i don't i don't i don't like our chances in this one man i really don't i don't want to be that depressing but i don't see how we're we're not i don't see how at the end of by the end of 2021 that everybody isn't required to have a vaccine passport otherwise you just don't get to participate in society anymore yeah and that to me is just <clears throat> scary you know what happened to 
you know, trusting in your fellow man to just live their own lives according to how they think they should live them. I, did, I just don't, yeah, I'm not real optimistic on this one. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer or anything, but the conversation is, it's not heartwarming. Because I just nosedive this thing. I'm like, I'm trying to this whole time. I'm like, how do I, how do I bring this out, man? Like, how do, what do uh, I, what I'm do in I a tailspin, that? baby. I'm in a tailspin. I don't know how to pull out. I can't. Show a puppy. Show a puppy. <laughs> if you want to hear oh my God, more perfect. extremely cynical and, uh, you know, rarely nihilistic takes, you can find Colin <laughs> On Twitter <laughs> at Big Bird Offy. He also has his own Instagram at Big Bird Offy that he I'm rarely a, uses. I am a spitfire on Twitter. <laughs> I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And uh, Collins at Big Bird Offy on both of those things. You can find our Instagram at Salt of the Streets, our Facebook at Salt of the Streets, fuck Facebook, our YouTube at Salt of the Streets, where you are watching us right now. And you can find all of this information on saltofthestreets.com as well as all of our old episodes and uh, some old writings and stuff that we did and some things like that. So go ahead and, excuse me. Let's... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop a palate cleanser here, here real we go. quick. Puppy vid. Puppy vid. There's a... you know that are like maybe a year old oh puppies they're like these husky lab mixes they're beautiful dogs oh yeah um, but they're very much still puppies you know and so went over there and the dogs were jumping and he had to tell them to get down you know and so when he came home he was saying puppy 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 and then would like do this like, oh like, get down like get down dogs yeah and so that's all week is the puppy and then he'll do this yeah puppy puppy <laughs> get down it's like that's right get down puppy get, get down because it's really funny all of our dogs it's have a, very have funny that yeah. same thing that's which is hilarious yeah and so he's prepared to come here and yep he'll be like down puppy get down, down. <laughs> yeah get down very that's cute perfect. yeah very cute oh so anyways, now that we've been slightly uplifted, yes. <laughs> where do you want to take this train wreck next? Oh, let's start. Infrastructure is going to be a big one. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about the teachers union real quick. Okay. Quick, and then we can talk about the border because that one yep. will be a little bit quicker. And then we can just finish oh, yeah. out with the infrastructure and whatever we get after that. We'll get after that. So I have one sports story that I want to hit at the oh, end. Oh, word. And that's pretty much it. Sports is coming back. It's, yeah, it's not a happy thing. Deshaun Watson's in a lot of trouble. It's oh, boy. He's got, like, numerous allegations against him for sexual improprieties. Uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's not good. good. Um, that's never good. Yeah, no, it's really not good. So let's start with the teachers' union. You good with that? You're prepared for that? We can Maybe do that. Quick one. I love so, this, this picture of the teacher slash student lives matter. Online, uh, online saves lives. Hey, this is a really good article. It was. From the Brookings Institute. Yep. Great fucking article, right? right the, the study Brookings. they did correlating the teachers' unions. So you the, looked at the same thing. The collective bargaining agreements. Yes. Very, very interesting. I had a conversation with Jordan about it after I read it. I said, that's really fucking weird. It's like, those two things don't seem like they should have fucking anything to do with each other. That's very interesting. So, teachers' unions, right? And we're going to talk a little bit about unions in general mm -hmm. after this because it's like a push for... 
a union in one of the factories or the Amazon. Uh, yeah, the Amazon workers trying centers. Yeah, yep. and so we're gonna talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, There'll be a lot of union talk comes up in the infrastructure too. We could probably spin off of that when it comes yeah. time. So, yeah, we'll probably use that to lead in for them. I think so. Perfect. So, Segway. Yeah, and infrastructure or what's happening at the border is not going anywhere. It just no, doesn't seem to be as sad as that is. So, oh, yeah. We'll, so maybe we'll talk about the other. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the layout of the show is not important to you guys. Just listen to what we're going to talk about. So. Just know that every time we do a show, we come in with a plan. <laughs> Of what topics to hit, and I, we might have done out of 105 episodes, we'll probably do. We probably got two of them that we actually made it through the whole. Very list. professional and very prepared all the time. That's how we do it. This so, is why you all need to like, subscribe, comment, share, share it to your friends, do the whole nine yards, right. so that we can do this every single day. And then we we will promise if we do this a daily show, and you can allow us to do that for you. We promise we will hit every single topic we mean to every day we do the show. Otherwise, I mean it's. The news cycle is so chock full of too much stuff to talk about. Yeah. If I'm paying someone to get my notes together, I'm definitely going to use the notes. Word. <laughs> if we're paying someone to get our notes together and a producer, we're definitely going to hit all the topics. Hard, yeah. Hard, <laughs> it's yeah. it's going to be good. <laughs> so, so the teachers' unions, right? These unions in particular have been under immense scrutiny. Yeah, scrutiny. I mean, an enormous amount of discussion around yes. these things since COVID has happened, right? Part of that is because... They have been at contention with each other. There's almost like a Mexican standoff between the mm -hmm. government, the parents, and then the teachers' unions. Yep. Because the parents, obviously, many of them go to work, right? When COVID started, school's closed. So kids have started staying home, yeah. in-home uh, education. Everybody knows about this, right? Everyone understands how this is working. So many parents had to take time off of work, uh, start working from home, <clears throat> all those kinds of things to help teach their kids. And then a lot of people were able to go back to work, but the schools were still not open. That's a huge problem for a lot of people who can't afford childcare um, for many different reasons, right? That's really neither here nor there. The teachers' unions are, I don't even know if their job is to represent the teachers or the students. I guess it's just the teachers, right? Because the, the students have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, have nothing to do with that. So it's well, the yeah, teachers. That's and the so complicating factor, isn't the it? The unions have obviously been bargaining is that is that right? Word? Have obviously been bargaining on behalf of the teachers. That's, yes, that's their job. That is technically what they are supposed yes. to do. Collective bargaining with the school districts to find out what the pay is going to be and what's the. I had a discussion with Jordan earlier this week about a union, like what they do. Mm -hmm. You know, because she's like, I don't even really know. So for anybody who doesn't know, right? If you join a union, the idea of it, at its core, is <clears throat> you pay your union dues every year. Or every however many years you decide in the collective bargaining agreement itself, you have uh, debates and arguments, agreements with the employer as to what the pay is going to be, uh, the benefits, the time off, the things like that, the hours, all, all what the stipulations are going to be for the work. Right. Yep. And that's set out in a collective bargaining agreement that is agreed on however many years it could be every year every five years 10 years it's, yeah. it's all and, it depends on the union yeah and every union is totally different yeah you know and and just to reiterate where because we're going to probably be speaking highly negative of unions over this conversation teachers union and, in particular yeah. and just know that unions were created at a time at which um nike slave labor um you know triangle uh, shirt coat factory yes you know i you know the the Foxconn and the iPhone companies yes. or manufacture all this stuff like those working conditions used to exist in America. And then 
those people were able to band together, create unions to help protect them from these, you know, slave factories at the time. Right. And the Triangle Sherco factory actually is one that was in America, and there was an enormous fire in that building. Yeah. And because, and because of the conditions, a bunch of the people died. I think that was and one of the actual things that was in my history book. Yes. When we first started talking about the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the big factors that started leading to the Union push. Um, and so that's... So that that existed in America frequently. The book The Jungle was written by Upton Sinclair that is about the conditions in, in the jungle. The jungle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's about the conditions of the meatpacking industry in New York and the immigrants that work there, the terrible conditions. Like, that's exactly what it's about. 1906. Um, yeah. And so at that time, uh, that's, that those were regular conditions, right? And we'll get into this a little bit later. I, I still believe unions have their place in America. Unions mm -hmm. have their place all over the world. There are also times where unions do not do what they are supposed to do. They end up being enormous political machines that take in money and push out money to different politicians to try and influence policy and do things that are going to benefit them and nobody else. Yep. That is a time in which a union doesn't benefit anybody in America, whether you're in that union or not. Um, that seems to be a little bit of the issue that we're running into with the teachers' union here, right? Yes. So when things did start to open up, the vaccines start to come out, parents want kids back in school. We also have at that time understanding that kids are not the disease vectors that they we once thought them to be, you yeah. know? There isn't... And with the new variants, that landscape might be changing. There are possibilities of that, yeah, of certainly. Um, so when schools or the discussions start to happen for schools to reopen, the requests from the teachers' unions vary vastly from the CDC guidelines that have been laid out that would allow schools to open safely. Yeah. You know, the big push for a long time was the, the teachers' unions, like, we want all teachers vaccinated before they go back to schools, which the CDC said from the beginning was not, was required, not, a, requirement. not a requirement for teachers to go back to school. But they should have... The highest of priorities. Yes. It. I lost my place a little bit here. Um, Teachers unions differing from the CDC guidelines. Yes. And and it might be important. Maybe I, you'll remember while I rant about this for a second that when we're talking, we're going to kind of use the blanket term teachers unions in this one. But there are a lot of different teachers unions and a lot of them are, are state bargaining. by state, county by county. Yeah. yeah. Some of them belong to more national ones. Some of them don't. You know, the I think Washington, D.C. has one of the biggest. New York's got one of the biggest. You know, from my understanding, um, you know, the Washington State Teachers Association, I think this is the Washington Teachers Association, I think is our our biggest in the state. Um, but they all have different requirements right. that they're demanding to go back to, <clears throat> and go back to work. And it's important to note that because, like, I have a cousin, Caitlin, who is a teacher in Florida. They were open all last year. Like, yep. that's when school was starting last year. She was posting on Facebook all the different fucking things that they were coming up with to try and fit kids into schools, you know? It reminds me a lot of what restaurants were trying to do. Yes. She's in there putting tape marks on the floor and moving desks and fucking umbrellas and, like, little... Uh, uh, containment things and all this shit all that she's in there having to figure out a way that I'm going to teach my kids. Like, how am I going to do this? All the while in other states that are more left-leaning that are whatever, because this has seemed to be drawn largely along political lines. Yeah, pretty um, much. 
the, the teachers unions in more left-leaning states were like not even considering going back to school yet they're like yep. we're not doing that it's not safe like it's not safe for us it's not and as things continue right and 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 the tension grows between teachers, the federal government, and the teachers' unions, you start to see these little things leak out, right? From uh, the teachers' union, I think it was in San Francisco, that was telling teachers, like, oh, if you're going to be going on spring break, like, make sure you're not posting pictures, you know, of yeah. you doing that because it's hard for us to argue that it's not safe to go to school when we're doing that, right? Okay, yep. so you're saying you don't even believe this, right? Other videos leaking of, like, <clears throat> Zoom meetings in which the teachers thought that they were in private Zoom meetings, but they're really in public talking shit about the te- the the parents. You know, oh, they just want their babysitters back. They just want this. They just want this. Like, the, the there are people who are trying so to keep many. their houses because they need to go back to work and their yeah. kids need to go to school. It's also, I believe, there have been a number of studies. Then the kids are not getting the same quality of education at home that they were in school. That seems Hard like no. it's obvious. It is, and they're suffering immense uh, emotional trauma. Social, you know, social disorders are going to be a massive new thing with this generation yeah. of kids. I mean, they're going to be so incredibly stunted. Suicide, suicidality in the at school age children right now is at record highs. Yeah, I mean, it's it's they got to go back to school because this is this is really really bad. And then we saw a lowering, excuse me. A lessening of the social distancing guidelines, right? Yep. From three, from six feet to three feet, and yep. you had the head of whoever Rachel, uh, or the head of the CDC, or the head of the te- the, the largest teachers, teachers, the largest union. teachers union. That's uh, oh god, what's her name? Rachel, who said that she oh, Colin's going to find her name, but this woman said that Whitney she Nikki. didn't mm-hmm. concur with the CDC guidelines that lessened the requirements for social distancing. So we now have a teacher who's Randy Weingarten. Who I believe her degree is in law. Like I don't even think that it's her training. I think is in law, not in education. Almost wonders why she's leading a teachers union, but you know, she's now saying she's not going to follow the new CDC guidelines because it doesn't fit with what they believe to be true. Yeah, she doesn't. uh, What's the exact verbiage? It's so bad. She's like she doesn't agree with the CDC's findings in the latest round of studies that they're using to back the three foot distancing. So now. Don't trust the science. No. That's where we're Even at. Even though the studies they used, the studies the CDC did were for, like, were in schools, like mm-hmm. in Ohio and in Florida, school systems that have been open for a yeah. long time. Ohio, I know, is one of the states that have had in-person learning at least part-time for a long time. Yeah. You know? Remember that so whole, they did like, it in schools where they've been doing this for a while. Yep. Like, it's new. Like, we're doing this, and they still found that it didn't make a huge difference. Yep. So, it's becoming a increasingly difficult to argue if you are a part of the teachers unions or in favor of the teachers unions that this is not political increasingly difficult to argue that when you have teachers in red states that are going back to work and teachers in blue states that are not in and general. some that have not stopped going to school and have right and have not had it as ill effects as you know the the doomsayers over on the other side are are saying will happen you know they're the worst i mean when i i was showing you that uh world socialist website thing yes. on Inslee earlier which you know i'll just say it right here i mean i'm i'm glad that governor Inslee is standing up to our own teachers unions as they fight to not go back to school when he says the detriment to the kids that we are causing 
is so severe that we don't have a choice anymore. You, we have to get these kids back to school in some fashion. Right. And they're accusing him, essentially, of opening up our students to a, a mass homicidal event. Like, that's, that's crazy talk. That doesn't, it doesn't, there's no science to back up that at all. It's just like with the, I mean, we've talked about this before with, with states' rights, right? You should have these different states doing their own programs so that we at a federal level, if something is required to be passed at the federal level, we can look at all these different states and see who's done things good, who's done things bad, what is most successful. Let's look into that and let's adopt policies similar to that. And you can, on a global scale, for vaccination, you look to uh, Israel, the country of Israel. They are hammering vaccines out, and their numbers are plummeting. Yeah. I mean, they're doing really, really well. But, you know, when it comes to these teachers' unions pushing back, it's it's – I don't know which way I should take it other than political at this point because the well, numbers I'm... appear to be on the side of essentially never having – had shut down when to add to that um just this week i saw when you're a grocery store bagger and you're more essential than a teacher to go back to work something is wrong yeah um i actually have that oh that's for the more union stuff but yeah essential workers being required to work grocery store workers nurses shit like that Mm -hmm. and then you have other essential employees who are you know, in a, again, a quote that we've used before, some people more equal than others, right? Yep. We're all essential, but we're more essential, so we need to have other extra safety measures that you don't need, but keep seeing even more people put yep. yourself in more compromised positions than we're in, but we still need special circumstances, Yep. which doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense um, at all. There is another article that I have here that is, this one's from Fox News, but I read it from somewhere else as well this is just the best one that i found san diego teachers yes given the option to teach migrant kids in person instead of teaching americans right so which i think is is not a good way to to write it because it's it's fox news it's going to be written in a divisive manner but the point being starting during spring break to give the optics of it being better because there aren't regular or there aren't a regular kids there aren't there aren't american students to teach right so now it's it's not really a choice because you only have one option now there are more than 700, let's see, 700 un- unoccupied migrant children are being housed at the center where some teachers are volunteering to give in-person instruction to fight despite high COVID rates among the migrant children. Um, so they're working in more dangerous conditions More there. dangerous positions, yeah. This is at the San Diego Convention Center. Yes. And so let's see, this is from... Which on its whole, I will say, as far as having a place for these migrant children to to get some education super down with that concept this guy's name is music watson music watson yes the writer no san diego county office of educational chief of staff music watson (laughs) our teacher this is a quote our teachers have been asked if they're interested in working at the convention center site as opposed to the work sites they are assigned to which is a school in their district in which students are supposed to be attending right so, for example, one of our SDCOE, San Diego County of Education, um, mm-hmm. teachers who normally work at School X could volunteer to change their placement working at the convention site instead of School X. Uh, and that's for Music Watson. He said, 15 county office employees have volunteered will be teaching at the convention center. These employees are not receiving any additional pay. An additional 1700 
1,179 educators have expressed interest in learning more about volunteering at the site. None of those 1,179 have been contacted to teach at the convention center. It is possible that some people on the list of teachers are not reporting full-time in person at the school. Um, Boy. I mean, that's a, that's kind of a, a lot to take in already when you yeah. think about it. And there's something else here when he's talking about there's like a percentage of kids that have been um, tested positive for COVID there. And he says somewhere that the teachers are going to be paid. Um, like a hazard pay, essentially. Yeah, because when, when Jen Saki was asked about it, she was she pushed it like, oh, well, they're volunteering. You know, they're volunteering to do this. That's fine. They're also being paid by the district, right? They're still collecting their regular pay. They're not having to use vacation hours. They're not having to use sick time. They're getting regular pay, right? So that's what I'm trying to... The system is broken when San Diego teachers are teaching migrant children in person, but the 100,000 students of taxpaying families at San Diego Unified School District are stuck learning in Zoom school, says Emily Diaz of San Diego Unified School District parent. So she's a parent of a child. And that that is a very that's a very understandable take on that. I mean, if you are one of those people that's stuck at home, having you know, you might have to be sacrificing work hours. You might you're you may not be able to be working anymore because you're stuck at home and you can't. Maybe your job doesn't allow you to zoom into work or yeah. work, work remotely. And until your kid is able to go back to school, you can't go back to work. You know, it's not to mention you're sitting there and you're watching your child. You know, what's the – go ahead. Uh, this is – so this is from San Diego County Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Paul Gothold, told district employees in an email, the in-person educational program may not have traditional hours, so there may be opportunities for involvement outside regular work hours. Any opportunities will be voluntary and employees will be compensated. Okay. So, again, I don't have any problem with people doing whatever the fuck they want on their own free time. Yeah. Right? When you're a teacher – you, your job is to be at the school during operating hours to teach the fucking kids that go there. You're choosing not to go there because you're saying that it's not safe. But you're volunteering to go in somewhere with less safe conditions to also get paid with taxpayer dollars to not teach children whose parents are taxpayers. Yeah. And at that point, you almost say kudos to those teachers because I guarantee you that if they're allowed to get to work teaching a kid doesn't matter what kind of kid they're going to jump on that if they're somebody that really wants to be a teacher whereas the school district yeah and the union is not opening their school so they may not have because a teacher can't just say well i'm i'm ready to go back to school right, right? because you're going against the union at that point the union dictates what you can and can't do where yeah. when you get to work what hours you work how you get to work all this stuff but if i mean Every one of these teachers that's volunteering for one of these programs should probably be put on a list somewhere and given some accolades when we go back to normal because and, they're out there trying yeah. to do their job and trying to better society and make sure these kids are not falling behind. Right. So my problem, I appreciate you said that, because my problem is not with the teachers, yeah. right? Especially because, like you say, if the district will not open the schools, they cannot mm -hmm. teach the children in the schools, yep. right? And a lot of teachers are taking one side of it, and some teachers are taking the other side of it. Yeah. It's a mixed bag. And I don't even have a problem with 
with offering additional pay if they want to do that outside of work hours. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But if they're gonna if you're going to allow them to go into a facility to teach unaccompanied minors who are here, open the fucking school so they can teach the kids in there when they're in safer conditions in there. You right. know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't make any sense. So the idea the district will allow them to teach in the convention center, but they can't teach in schools yep. is insane. Because what what are some of the I don't want to say excuses, but what are some of the demands from the unions about cha- updating these schools and making them safe enough to go back to work? Vaccinations are a big one. Yep. Um, the social distancing is a big one. Obviously, we have to have enough room. You know, we need more room. We need more teachers. We need more classrooms. Right. And our classrooms um, before the pandemic were crammed in tighter than, you know, in, I'm trying to make a tuna can analogy. All but. of my years of school, right, mm-hmm. 13 years of education from kindergarten to 12th grade, I cannot recall a class that I was in that had less than 30 students in it. Yeah, easy. Cannot easy. recall one. Just not how it works. We also had, my class was one of the larger ones to come through the district in several years, mm-hmm. but that wasn't uncommon, right? Yeah. The year, one of the years I was in elementary school, one of the classes was a split three, four grade classroom. Oh, There's wow. third graders and fourth graders in the classroom. That's a lot of kids. Yes. This is the shit that's going on here, right? Like, that's, this is what's happening here. And I, some of the other big pushes were filtration systems in the schools, yep. right? Air, that was, air yeah. purifiers. Huge air purifiers. Better, fi- better ventilation. Ventilation. Sanitizing um, requirements mm-hmm. so that, you you know, essentially you have to shut down the school X amount of hours so so it can be deep cleaned and whatever every day. Updating water and stuff. Like, like I know yeah. Kathy, the same woman who lives upstairs from us, she was off work two or three days this week because the water was being done in her department. They had to close the whole department. Because they, there isn't a sanitation area within close enough proximity because the water's closed off. They would have had to go too far to wash their hands. Interesting. So, wow. So the implications, while they may sound like, oh, well, if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. It's infrastructure. You're talking about, like, COVID infrastructure, not yep. regular infrastructure. Yep. These two things are not the exact same thing. Yep. So, And they've been getting, I mean, we talked about it in the latest um, COVID relief bill. How many millions of dollars went to each state for schools to to be able to reopen? A lot, a lot, but it's still not enough. Because it's not, not because it's not truly about that. It's really not truly about that. And when you look at school districts in say D.C. and New York, and their you know teachers are staging um, protests where they come out and they lay down in body bags out in front of the school because they're all going to die if they go back to work. It's it's really hard not to see it as yeah. politically motivated at that yeah. point. Yeah. Well, really and it, it, as far as on the level and the of the unions, the on the level of the unions, it is. It's yes. absolutely political. Yep. And on the level of the teachers, a lot of times it is. There's also yep. a lot of teachers who are fucking trying to teach kids, who are yep. hosting children in their home. You know what I'm saying? Like that thing, that type of shit is happening. And that is happening. And they're the ones getting the worst of the deal because. Just as being a teacher, crossing as the picket line, that. exactly. <laughs> they're fucking scabs. Exactly, they're scabbing. <laughs> they're fucking scabbing. The teachers trying to educate the youth. They're scabs. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, that insane. is perfect. <laughs> and it's, it's fucking it's sad insane because there is no separation of like the good teachers and the bad teachers. You know what I no. mean? And you know, and even some of the teachers that it's are, lost on pretty much everybody. There's no nuance. Yeah, we'll just put that. There's no nuance to that between the unions and regular people because yeah. I can't. I mean, even leading up until now, I had not given. Not that I was like lumping them all together, but I had not given 
solid thought. I'm like, make sure you are in your mind separating the teachers from the teachers' unions because there are two completely different bodies of people. You know, the union workers, the union reps are completely different people than the teachers. Oh yeah, right. The union reps, the union workers, the uh, leadership. Those people are supposed to bargain and argue in favor of the teachers. Yeah. Right. So there's. There's a disconnect well, there. It's not you know? supposed to be just the teachers. It should be the teachers and the industry in general, like yeah. overall. What's you know, you're best trying for the to make, industry. Yeah, what's best for the industry, what's best for your, your Think of constituents, if you yeah. will, you know, the members of the union that pay you money yeah. to belong to that union so that you can have access to things like health care and a decent paycheck and retirement and so on and so forth. Yeah. But, yeah, much like the unions we'll talk about later on in the infrastructure bill, a lot of these things are just corrupt and they're run by professional administrators who just want more and more power more and more money and most of the teachers throughout the nation are severely underpaid because the union takes advantage of them yeah they pay they are forced to pay dues because you cannot be a teacher i think you might be able to do some private sector teaching i'm not totally sure but if you want to be a teacher private schools and stuff probably you know especially in the public school system you will be forced to join a union yeah that's the way it works i mean this is a and teachers unions in particular are different than say like your standard teamsters type unions because these are public sector unions yeah so every every penny that goes into their, their 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 funds comes from our tax money right Private unions is all done on dues and donations. And right. It gets pretty corrupt pretty quick. But you know, there's a different thing when you're talking about unions because these – it's like uh, police unions, stuff like that. These are all public sector unions yeah. that get to collectively bargain on the behalf of their constituents to the government's for the money that comes their way. And there are – let me ask you this, right, because we mm-hmm. should be clear. There are – what are called right-to-work states, yep. in which you are not required to join the union to get that job because yes. you have a right to work. And I don't know for sure, but the right-to-work also applies to public sector unions, right? If you're a teacher, you don't. If you're a teacher in a right-to-work state, you don't have to join the teachers' union just because it's public sector, right? Right-to-work versus you know, right-to-work laws do not aim to. Okay, so. Yeah, it doesn't look like uh, there's a little chart there. It doesn't look like Washington State's part of it, Oregon, California. Oh, well, go fuck yourself anyway. It sounds I thought like we so. were a right I to thought work that state. we were as well. Maybe that's the states that are not right to work states. But, yeah, I just I don't know enough to really speak on that strongly. Why are unions so worried about right to work laws? Collective bargaining is an American way. National Right to Work Bill has been introduced to the House of Representatives. What what date was this? This is back in 2017. And though previous attempts have failed, the Republican-controlled Congress and White House mean a law is a real possibility. So that <coughs> that does speak to the negative impact to unions because you'll be allowing individuals to not be forced to join your union. Yeah. Interesting. So now let's talk about... Um, I think that's pretty much it. Teachers unions. So we're still, I mean, we're still at this crop point where some schools are opening up. The Biden administration is kind of doing everything they can to like make it seem like more and more schools are open full time, you know, and you they're know. changing the classification of what full time is. Yeah. Two days from three days and yeah. things like that. I know our, our <coughs> excuse me, our state, you know, the schools will be considered, you know, reopen when, teachers are working at least 30% of their teaching hours 
are conducted in classrooms that are K through 12. Yeah. And that is what our Governor Inslee has mandated that the teachers by April 19th must meet that requirement, which that's two days a week at max. You know, when you actually boil down, like, what's 30% of a five-day week? I just don't understand. I, like, I don't – I'm not a scientist, but I don't get what – you're not going to catch on the third day, but you might on the, like yeah. – I don't understand. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Nope. It sure doesn't. <clears throat> it sure doesn't. But like, for what reason should we have a phased reopening for schools? Like, I just don't – The the rest Certainly of... follow the guidelines, but the phased reopening yeah. doesn't make sense. Like, that doesn't make sense. If we can all go back to work with certain mitigation efforts in place, which some people are more strict on than others, and there's not been massive spikes from everybody going back to work. Mind you, we also have um, herd immunity to think about with vaccinations and people that have already recovered from the illness. It, it doesn't appear to be a, a bad, like, I don't know what's barring them from opening the schools. There's, I mean, there doesn't seem to be any data. To support this continued closure of schools. No, and like in... But it's a really good bargaining chip for the teachers union. And like in most things, the studies that have been done seem to show that the problems in which kids start to get COVID and spread are come from outside of school, not in school. Yep. Which was the same thing with fucking restaurants and fucking gyms, you know what I'm saying? Certainly there were outbreaks you can tie to those things, but the vast majority of outbreaks, people getting sick, come from shit they're doing outside of their house, outside of a building... Now, you fucking got outside. You were I outside, did. socially distanced, fucking masks on, you fucking caught COVID. Like, yep. that's, that is so funny. <clears throat> it's so funny when you think about it. it? I mean, we all still like to pretend we really know what this thing is, is capable of and how it spreads and all that. We, we still just barely have a, a, a surface understanding of this thing. It's insane. We're acting as though we, we kind of mastered this COVID thing now. It's, it's just beyond it's beyond me. All the data says open up the schools. And that's where we're at. You know, I do I <laughs> I really how do I want to put this? It uh school buses piss me off, right? When you're school driving buses. around when you're driving around and there's school buses out, you're like, ah and then you wait for class, you know, school to be in break or something like that. And you're like, oh, sweet. I can drive around during the day and not have to worry about these school buses on the way home. Back traffic up for 10 miles. Yeah. They're back now. And they're in our area. They're back now. Yeah. And I think they're working. I think they definitely have to be on some kind of adjusted hours because these school buses are running at weird hours. When I'm running around to job sites during the day, I'm running into school buses. And they're stopping, dropping yes, kids off. Yeah, it, it's weird, but I yeah, I was running into someone. I was going out to Quilcene yesterday. Oh, I guess that was like mm -hmm. around school time, though, pickup time. Yeah. So, and I'm fairly sure I'll keep this anonymous, obviously, but um, you know, anecdotal cases of hearing things from people that are connected to um, school districts and stuff. I mean, there may or may not be advising certain administrators and stuff to take out special insurance policies just in case something goes wrong just in case which is terrifying i mean what kind of liability do we open up these teachers to if they want to go back to work dude it's it's messed up bro this, this seems like one of the last industries to really kind of like be stuck 
There's there's nothing else really. Like everybody no, else no is slowly coming online. No one has a solution no. other than do what the fucking teachers want. Do what the teachers union want. Yes. Like that's the only that's all anybody has come up with. And how much and force have, them to go back or do what they want. They have like, so much <clears throat> pressure that they are able to sway the CD CDC director Rachel Walensky into backtracking on things that she says. Yeah. You know, the administration says something, the school the teachers union say like no 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 that's not and then they back off and they change their tune about it she's the they, director of the cdc <laughs> she's you know, the director of the fucking cdc i don't i don't know man but if this is not perfectly illustrating that teachers unions have way too much power to dictate how government is run how policy is set i don't know a, a more clear version of that story anywhere this is what is happening now they have too much power in politics yeah it's terrifying so we'll see yeah you know as time goes on you know especially as more and more of these states i mean if washington state is forcing their teachers to go back to school by april 19th we're gonna have data on that by early summer and i'm sure there will be more and more data support full-on school reopenings at that point i don't i don't know it's bad man it's bad so let's let me ask you about unions in general Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. In Atlanta, I think the vote is happening right now. Maybe the count is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the union vote for the Amazon factory in Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? During COVID, there was a worker there. I don't remember his name. Chris Smalls, maybe. He was on Rising a couple of times. He spoke out about the conditions there, that it was unsafe for COVID, um, and he ended up getting fired, actually. Yeah. And so there was a, a whole thing that happened there. There had been reports of... Uh, People complain about working at Amazon regularly. Yeah. It seems like a, lot a of anecdotal terrible cases. job, right? Yeah. I know, I've known a couple of people that work there. I've not heard it to be a great thing other than the pay, the overtime opportunities, and that's in, and the benefits, right? But that means These, you're working 60 hours a week. Right. At <clears> least. <throat> so there are a lot of things, and I may have spoken on this show about them in the past, my experience with like overreaching corporate guidelines. You mm-hmm. know, when I worked at the call center, there were codes you had to punch in your phone. There were like seven oh, yeah. or eight different metrics you were um, rated on. Also, you can hear us talk about these things regularly on our social media. My, I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Connor's at Big Bird Afi on both of those things. You can find all this at Streets.com. This is obviously our YouTube at Salt of the Streets. Our Facebook at Salt of the Streets. Our Facebook, Instagram at Salt of the Streets. Give us a like, a share, a rating, and a review if you're listening to this on a podcast. If you're watching this, share this, obviously. Like it. Tell your friends about it. Help us grow. Help people find us. I think that's everything past that what was i saying unions in atlanta there have been reports of people having to piss in bottles because they can't take uh breaks people pooping in bags i mean there's all kinds of weird shit that people are reporting people passing out inside of factories because they're working so much um oh when i worked at the call center there were like seven different metrics that you were rated on one of them was called ox abuse and when you put a different code in your phone it was called your ox code right so your ox abuse was how often you were in the wrong code because you had a schedule on your computer that's like from this time to this time you should be in this code. You should be in work code. Yeah. Taking calls. From this time to this time you should be in your break code. From this time to this time you should be back in work. From this time to this time your training code. From this time to this time your lunch code. Different code for break and lunch. Like that specific, right? <clears throat> Tracking. So when you got to work, if you were there late, your schedule would update within 30 minutes from the time that you got there. That was enough unapproved time off. So, UTO, or, yeah, Ooh. unapproved time off that yep. would come up. If you started at 7.30, you got there, 
7.42. From 7.30 to 7.42, UTO, and then your shift started. From 7.42, this time, you need to be in your work coat. And then from 10 o'clock, yes. So you're getting your eight hours yes, regardless you're of you're getting you it start. in. Yep, and we're going to count how many of those you didn't work. Ooh. Yes, so... Because they wouldn't, they wouldn't extend your shift, but they major you were not getting paid for those eight minutes that you were late. You are not going to get paid for those eight minutes. Like, that's what that's that was about, right? Very finite. Yes. So one of the things you're rated on is your oxybuse, right? That's yep. one of your metrics. And they would color code it, you know, green, yellow, red for how severe you were out of it. Yeah. And those ratings, they had to do with your bonuses because you, ha- you could only bonus out if you had no red metrics. And you could only have like two or three yellow ones. You know, you had to be Ooh. like all in the green to get your payouts. And your One payouts, late day. And your bonuses had to do with how many calls you were taking. Like there's certain things you were able to sell. Like your actual productivity. Mm-hmm. You didn't get that money if you didn't have all green metrics. Right? Wow. So it would affect your bonuses. It would affect um, every three months there was a shift bid. You would put in for what shift you wanted for the next quarter. And your priority on the list was dependent on your ranking your ranking was dependent on the seven metrics that you had so the better your metrics the higher you on the rankings list the more likely you are to get the shift that you want when holidays come out the holiday shifts are put out on the same basis on a shift bid the higher your rating the more likely you are to get off or to have an early shift so you can get in get your hours get the fuck home all those things right that's how they decide everything in that environment for some people they flourished right i was and I'm not trying to brag because I'm not proud of this. I was one of the top 70 agents in a building of over 400 at 18, 19 years old, Woo. right? When you're doing that, Woo. you're doing drugs because I was also doing a bunch of fucking Adderall all the time. Yeah, right. And you're you carrying out phone it. calls. You don't care about the people. All you care about is money, your hours, just getting phone calls through. I was taking almost 70 calls a day. Ah. Smacking them. I had, I had notes because you had to take notes for every call, you know, saving any account. I had notes for the most common things saved on sticky notes on the side of my computer so all i had to do was copy paste switch out the account and move on money so when usually people are attending there was a special code for after call way acw right and there was you also would get in trouble if you were in there for over 30 seconds after your call because there's more calls waiting in the queue so if you were an acw 30 seconds if you're an acw finishing your notes your required notes for more than 30 seconds your supervisor will stand up from the cube hey get out of acw right now swear to god they're watching it all <sighs> of the time. There is a special department whose specific job was to watch people's codes. If your supervisor wasn't there or weren't getting to you quick enough, they would message you on an instant messenger. Um, Slack. Like Slack? Yes, oh. that's what we used to. They would message you on Slack. Hey, get out of ACW. Get out of ACW. ACW warning. Get out of ACW. Hammering you. I'm telling you. Sounds like. I'm telling you. I'm going to bring this back. Yes. Sounds this, like y'all probably could have used exactly. a union. So I, yes. Yeah, so I lay out all these things because these are, when I hear people talk about these things on Amazon, I'm like, this is extremely reminiscent yep. of how it was to work at Concentrix. That was a company that I worked for was Concentrix. And so <laughs> there are, <laughs> I can't defend that. I can't, I can't defend a workplace like that. It's yep. not happy. People were not happy there. It's not a productive way to work. It's not a beneficial way to work for people to be ranked by the minute mm-hmm. is not way that human beings work. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm not going to go as far to say that we were in unsafe work conditions because we weren't unsafe, but it certainly wasn't good. It wasn't yeah. a healthy work environment, right? Yeah. Mentally, at least. So the things, the reports that we're hearing from Amazon are these things and worse, right? That's mm-hmm. good. The P things, people passing out. Like we never had anybody pass out at Concentrics because they were so exhausted. No. Like that didn't happen, <laughs> you know? 
these are the conditions, the modern day conditions that would be similar in the closest thing comparatively in America that you can to Triangle Circle Factory, yeah. to the jungle, right? Those things don't exist in America anymore. These things do. Yeah. These are work conditions that regular people, regular people across the world should not be subjected to, whether you're in a third world country or you're in America. These are things, and that's kind of, I feel like, what unions are sent to exemplify. You know, like, yeah. everyone should be working at this standard, and that's why everybody who works for this union or is in this union is going to get that. Yeah. There have been enormous pushes for almost a year from Amazon to try and bust this union. It's so called union busting, right? For, yeah. I know you know for anybody who's not... Um, union busting. Union busting. That's what it's called, right? So for years, for almost a year, Amazon has been putting out ads in, in Atlanta about how unions are going to negatively affect people. Uh, this isn't going to be good for you. And to speak to that point, yeah. right, we have seen examples outside of this teacher union thing where unions don't necessarily work in favor for the people, right? I think a really good example that a lot of people maybe won't like, cars, right? Yeah, manufacturers. Building a car specifically cars right because there was a certain point in america where to build a car you're making like 80 dollars an hour yeah is making a car a difficult job certainly do you need to be paid 80 dollars an hour because you're making a car probably not probably did that not. play certainly a factor in many car companies shifting their manufacturing to other countries like mexico absolutely yep and now we're having to pass special trade agreements and TPPs and, you know, U.S.-Mexico agreements and, like, all this shit to make sure that a certain amount of car parts are made in America when they used to be mostly, if not only, made in America. Yep. Because it literally doesn't make sense for American companies to have factories here because they have to pay people so much. And it's not because... I'm sure on some part it is, but like at, at, at the cost level, it's not because of like we don't want to pay people eighty dollars an hour. I don't want to pay someone eighty dollars an hour. It's because eighty dollars an hour for five thousand people across the country is a shitload of money. You're oh, yeah. talking about overtime, holiday pay. You still have to make your nut on a car, and you can only sell it for so much. You know, exactly. And you that's can't where... just double the price of a car yep. and like make up those costs. And you know, that's where the true problem lies. Yes. Is that the market will only bear so much and the power of a union to come in and dictate terms to what the employee is going to make at a certain point, you're going to reach that threshold where it becomes, right. it only becomes cost effective to the actual manufacturer to ship a portion of their business overseas out of country because you cannot afford to pay those people what the union is, is promising them. Right. And it, and then what happens? Then people lose jobs, and then teachers get or the unions get angry, and then they start protesting or picketing, and you know it's just this this spiral downhill. Unfortunately, the market will only bear so much. A car, if you're going to pay everybody at a car manufacturer eighty dollars an hour, you know what's going to happen is no one's going to be able to afford the car at the end sticker price. That has to be set after it leaves the factory just so that a company can can break even or even possibly take, you know, maybe 5% profit, 10% profit, whatever their profit margin is, which they do require to expand and grow and then create more jobs. And so at some point, there is a threshold that is reached where it becomes not sustainable anymore. And that is the true problem with the union is their power to dictate the terms of an industry standard, which not everyone can can compete with. And you get to a certain point where a, 
a, a large enough union dictates, you know, salary requirements and benefit packages requirements so that the private sector just simply cannot compete at all anymore. And we see this a lot in the construction industry, right? You have you have various labor unions, you have electricians unions and plumbers unions and, you know, uh, she, uh, you know, various unions, right, that all have an interest in the pie and they are all required to pay a prevailing wage at X amount of dollars, which is set in through collective bargaining. The prevailing wage, dog. Yeah, the prevailing wage. I've been in situations where that's been real beneficial as a worker. But I, as a business owner, I realize now that I couldn't afford to pay my employees a prevailing wage depending on whatever they're doing, which limits my ability to work Weird. and access in the market. Yeah, that's a very, very zoomed in And, and it's only like that because when it's like this, Oh, that's so he just it's hitting different cameras. It just really doesn't. Like that's strange. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're both in there, so we'll just we'll just we'll just keep we'll just going. We'll yeah. see what happens. We're live streaming a little bit on Twitter. <laughs> that's where. So, oh, that's funny. Yeah. So there. So I get it, man. Ask Ask Chank Uger how what Walking he thinks a, of right. unions. Right. That is an industry that does not need a union. Yeah. All right. There, because that that the. Revenue stream that comes from somebody like the Young Turks, right? The this quote unquote news network. It's a media network, right? Right. They their employees wanted to unionize and he had to do everything he could. He fought tooth and nail against his own values that he preached for years. Big corporate meetings and shit. Because it would literally bankrupt their company the next day. Yeah. They would have to lay everyone off, maybe ten percent of the workforce would stay. Because that's the only people they can afford to to pay at the rates and benefits packages, whatever you want, you know, because if you are a, if you're an employee that makes $18 an hour working for a company, but you have medical coverage, yeah, you have a 401k, you have paid sick leave, obviously, which is mandated by the state. You have vacation time. You have all this different stuff that an employer does not look at your hourly rates at $18 anymore. They look at it more like 40 yeah, because that's ultimately what the business has to pay out for that. And if a union comes to them and says, "All right, well, this is our new collective bargaining agreement, blah blah blah, we've worked this out, and now you have to pay us X," that company might go bankrupt overnight yeah. because they just can't compete with that. And the unions get so big and they become so powerful that the only choice you have in a lot of cases, if you are somebody that wants to work in that industry, is to join that union. Because there's no other private industry that can compete with that union. We'll talk a little bit about that when we talk about the infrastructure bill because it's yeah. union unions everywhere. It's massive payouts to unions. Well, and that's something that is being discussed a lot at this Amazon factory is that in that area, that's the job. It's like to work there. Like that's yep. the one that has the best pay, the best benefits. Like that's that's where you go. Yep. It is equivalent to the shipyard in our area. You know, yeah. like that's that's where you go. Every single so, shop, I'm sure, has their own union. Yeah, yeah. Um, at and, the shipyard. Depending on what you're doing, because even and those are public sure. sector unions too. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and so I'm not at all saying that I think unionization in in, uh, in Atlanta is a bad idea. Yeah. There, you can't blanket like, that. No, you, you can't no. just say well, all unions are bad because it sounds like they're working under some pretty terrible fucking conditions. Yeah. and it sounds like most of the workers at Amazon factories are. Yep. Uh, and so it seems like they could maybe do for some union representation. Um, but with that, I would also 
advise them, having never worked for a union myself, I would advise them to be super fucking careful. Yep. Especially because your boss, your boss's 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 boss is the richest guy on the whole planet. <laughs> and so your list of demands could get pretty lengthy before it reaches the tipping point of like, okay, fine, fuck you. I'm not doing this anymore. Yep. Cut half the staff, put robots in the place, and I don't give a shit anymore. Yep. You know? And that's, it's not with it's it's not like it's within their power to right. to do that. I mean right. they can definitely do that if you wanted to. Yeah, and so I like I said, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. Yeah. That's always always yeah. a concern, you know. Um It's gotta be very, very individually based when you when you think yeah. about it. The the specific company, the specific industry, yeah. the yeah. current working conditions and yeah, I don't care if they if their employees do have a great benefit right. package, but they pay them fifteen bucks an hour, work them to the bone. I mean, at the end of the day, Certainly. that might be the only gig you get. Like we like take my job for an example, right? I think yeah. part of the key to not having a union pop up is to treat your employees well. Exactly. Right? I work Finnick is, is a corporation. Um, yep. so we could unionize. So if we so chose, you know, we could all get together and make a union and uh, collectively bargain for X amount of dollars per hour and do whatever. But also, it wouldn't be a good place we, to work afterwards. No, it wouldn't be a good place to work afterwards. A bunch of people probably get fired. The productivity would get thrown off. The way the people, yeah, the environment would not be good. You yep. know what I'm saying? We also fucking have a great workplace. Like, it doesn't, it would not benefit me to unionize, you yeah. know? To tell Tim, like, we're going to start a union is not going to make my <laughs> life better. Like, that's hard. Not, no. It's not going to make my life any better. So, it doesn't. There's oh, a give and take funny. there that for some reason, and for some, not for some reason, for some people, that's the right thing to do. For some industries, for some factories. Yep. It may be just a few factories in that need to unionize. It may not be all of them, you yep. know? Who fucking knows? I don't know. And the but, threat to unionize might be enough to get the conditions that you want. Yeah. Like, hey, people aren't happy, man. This is not good. We're well, here because we, we need these jobs. In this and we case, just, it doesn't we seem don't, to be. No, it doesn't. Because the people who work for Amazon are like, oh, you really believe the pissing and bottle stories? Like, oh, you we, we pay people $15 an hour, like yep. all this shit. And, and I know so, they have extreme quotas they have to meet. They have yes. to move around fast, 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 constantly throughout the day, get X amount of packages out. Yeah. They got those little bleep warnings and stuff when you're not when you're falling behind or whatever it is. That's what I'm saying. And that's that's not a good condition for anyone. It stresses to be people in, out. If you're not meeting those metrics, if you or if you're not like meeting what you want to be, I remember I remember hearing adults complain and express frustration in not getting shifts that they wanted. You know what I'm saying? We were like, Don't fucking do what we want, blah blah blah. I'm like, well, I'm better and than it, you. And it's you know and it, it breeds that type of like that type of environment, you know, a ranking thing where a literal list of rankings is yep. a dangerous thing to set out there. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? If you're forty five years old and a nineteen year old that's seventy places higher than you, you worked there for ten years, you'd be super pissed off. And it's yep. not because you know what I'm saying, it it's a it's an odd environment. Like it's very odd. If you don't work with the right people, like eventually I didn't have a family at the time, I wasn't married, I wasn't anything. I was nineteen. So I was picking whatever shift i wanted like picking a day off and then giving it to somebody else like finding oh, yeah. somebody who had a family and being like please dear god take fucking christmas off because yeah. i'll work and, i'll know, work your shift i'll it's work fine. from 4 to 11 and go home and hang out with my family for the rest of the day i don't give a fuck like yeah. I, I don't care at all you know that type of thing happened that's what i was doing at the end for all of the holidays i'm like i don't take it please yeah. you know what i'm saying but there there were also other adults not that I wasn't an adult at the time, but like grown ass people with children that were having to walk around the building and ask people, ask other supervisors to shift schedules with them because they weren't Ooh. able to get the day off. And now they can't spend Christmas Eve with their kid. They can't spend fucking whatever with their kid, you know? That's wild, man. 
It's horrible. That's yeah. horrible. That's that's one of them red flags right there. If, if you're forcing your employees to be in that position, you horrible. you deserve it when they're going to come demand a union. Having to let me let me qualify this. Having <laughs> to go into ox abuse or take extra time out of their day before or after or their own lunch because and it's only thirty minutes, right? Only thirty. Having to take time out of that. To go and try and ask somebody else to shift schedules then because they were five spots too low. You know what I'm saying? Type of shit happened all the time. That's not good. Fucking dark, dude. That is not Fucking good. Fucking dark. Yep. And so there's there's reasons why unions exist. There was a good spot for it back in the day. Some unions are good now. But you can see how the abuse gets out of hand really, really quick. It's not good. It's not good at all. I'm really curious what's going to happen with these teachers' unions. I will say that much. Yeah. Because they seem to have all the power. When you can make the president of the United States of America, arguably the most powerful man on the face of the planet, person, I should say, because it's about to be a woman, that is a problem. Yeah. When your influence as a, as a collective of individuals can force the leader of the free world to change their mind on something... That's dangerous. I mean, we talk about the dangers of lobbyists all the time. You know, we need some lobbyists to do certain things, and, you know, different system might be better. But what is a a union other than a lobbyist? Yeah. At, especially once you get to a certain size, you know, whether you're lobby, lobbying your um, – because, I mean, public sector unions, by the stint of who they are, be, the only – person they deal with is the state or the federal government or whoever it is at the time you're only dealing with the government so you are shifting policy of the government based off the the ideally the wants and desires of the union and their rep you know who they're representing yeah but if you can't see a slippery slope there i don't know how clearer a picture that you can make it it's it's dangerous it's very dangerous when these unions get runaway power and they can change national policy yeah. <laughs> especially when you can convince the cdc director to change her tune on something that's wrong that's super wrong well in unions i are i mean i'm like the number one political contributor in the united states right yeah yeah they are the unions yeah to various because you can to political campaigns do all yeah, that stuff and, you know politics in general yeah and that's oh, very that's interesting can of worms very interesting all right well you got any more on? You want to hit any more union talk? No. Want to do anything? No. I think I'm good on unions. That was good. That was even more than I expected. So. I got some of that unions. It's, it's we've been followed up for a while. Been talking about it for a long time on the background. Hey, you know, up until we had this conversation, I didn't think I'd have anything positive to say about a union at all. Yeah. But then once you bring in reality of like that Georgia situation, you go, well, you know, it seems kind of messed up what you're doing. Yeah. So. I'm, I got their back on this one. I got the employees' backs on this one. Right. Because, I mean, the libertarian part of me wants to be like, fuck a union. You know, Go if work it's, somewhere if it's, else. Yeah, exactly. If it's shitty conditions, no one's going to work for you. Yeah. In a world where people are fucking desperate and they need money, they'll work shitty-ass, terrible fucking jobs because they need to provide for their family. Yeah. So that's not – there are a lot of times, and that's one of them, where libertarianism is, is pie in the sky. It's not like, yeah. that's great. If everything was perfect, yep. you know, and it's not. We're at the point where it's we're, we're way past that now, yeah. you know. I would like to see we're way past rules now. Because, like, the the idea of forming a union is not necessarily anti-libertarian. No. Because if a 
collective of individuals decide that they're being abused and this is a really bad employer, we as employees control the outflow of product. Yeah, yeah. We control the bottom line. We can make this a better place to work for everybody. And I would, li- I would love to be able to see people form unions, get changes done, and then disband the unions. Yeah. Once the rules are that's, set, but yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's I the think, dark side of I capitalism. I think the man. problem <clears throat> from a libertarian aspect of a union would be that at the point that you've developed a union, you have to then pick union representation. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you then are you're electing people who are then bargaining on on your behalf, and it's like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that's like, that's kind of against. Yeah, we've the, talked about that a little bit before with like Shapiro and stuff when he's because he always takes that. Well, just go work somewhere else. Go work somewhere else. Get yeah. another job. It's, it don't work like that in right. reality most of the time. You don't go work at Amazon because, well, some people might, but at the end of the day, most of the time you're just working there because you need so a much. job. Yeah. Because you need a job, and it pays good, and it's got good benefits. better than working at McDonald's. And so you're kind of forced into working there. It's, yeah. It's a shitty thing. Jeff Bezos ain't going to care about you. So I was going to ask you this real quick before we dive into the next big topic. Um, do you know anything about this? Representative Cawthorn, he's like this clean cut Madison um, Cawthorn. Yes, yes. I he uh, he decided that the uh, maybe I won't bring it up because I don't want to explain the whole situation with the DC the Capitol guy that ran into okay. it. Okay, you know he he came out and said you know it's probably linked to Biden's bombing of Syria. The black dude. Who ran into the Capitol? Or maybe he was referring to the Colorado shooting. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah, the Boulder, Colorado oh, I was like, why. what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have heard. Like, that's why. Not from any legitimate sources, but I have heard, like, you know, kind of from my far-right Twitter and far-right Instagram people that are like, oh, so, you know, two weeks before. And I, I don't know. It's possible. Certainly from the things that I've heard uh, or seen about, like, the social media posts from the Colorado shooters, I mean, there was definitely some devout Muslim aspects, and I'm not whatever radical know. Islamic yeah. aspects. Whatever. Yeah, and yeah. so, so I can see how um, white gummy bear, or yeah, white gummy bear. Um, so I can see how if if you are of that mindset, that might be a motivator for you. I I've not I've also not been diving deep into it, but I've not seen anything that would indicate that that's the reason i don't blame um, you because the coverage of it disappeared after we found out who the shooter was yeah interesting. which is interesting so it's certainly possible it is certainly possible i would not i wouldn't discount it but yeah. that wouldn't this be guy my says first some crazy stuff though madison cawthorn yeah. i think he's in a wheelchair too not that that's we're just talking about things about madison cawthorn now yeah, right <laughs> <clears throat> He's crazy, and he's in a wheelchair. And he's in a wheelchair. Is he? I'm pretty sure he is. He might be. I'm calling it now. He's in a wheelchair. <laughs> Look him up. Google him. Yeah, we're just going to Google him. Madison. Hawthorne. Cawthorne. Oh, wheelchair, wheelchair was the first thing. Wow. Oh, God, we're horrible. We are horrible people, America. Right. Yeah, there he is. That's the first thing on there is Madison Cawthorne wheelchair. We are fucking horrible. That probably has more to do with my search history. Than <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I hate that that was one of the first things I said. It's Most, like, and he's in a wheelchair. Right. God but damn it. Doesn't look like it, he's letting him slow him down. No. That dude looks, yeah, he's out there. He's fucking shooting guns. Look at that see, I don't beautiful know. dog. It is a beautiful dog. It's a fucking big old gun, too. God, that guy just looks like a, like a 
American. That looks like a Barrett, or not a Barrett, but a 50 cal for sure. That, look at this, the size of that magazine. Good yeah. lord. Oh, and look, he has the holster of the chest holster with the Spartan helmet on it. Yeah. I love it. The forward facing. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Up on his wheelchair, man. Yeah. What a dude. People like that are so inspirational. I don't care if they are crazy. If you can, it seems to if be you crazy. can end up in a wheelchair, I'm assuming that just because of the his look, I'm assuming he's a veteran. That's... I have no idea. I need to look into this guy. I'm curious. Just saying. Go on. Let's he, see. He uh... does uh, say some crazy. North Carolina, Wikipedia. U.S. reference from the 11th district of North Kakalaki, Republican Party. Yeah. Is he a vet? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Early career. Worked as a staffer for Representative Mark Meadows. Nope. Nope. Just a... Uh, just a dude. Just a high and tight haircut type of guy. Yeah. Interesting. Very as a interesting. Teacher, he worked at a Chick-fil-A restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> he worked at a Chick-fil-A. You know what that... You know what comes with that? Oh, he did... Uh, yeah, he's nominated. Cawthorn to the United States Naval Academy in 2014. And he was in a car accident. Yep. Ah, that's rough. But... Didn't let him stop him. Look at that. What an inspirational story. <laughs> I don't care if you are crazy, man. I love to see those people that, uh, the Keep stories going, of people that, like, just get, you know, I thought I had a bad week. Yeah. You know, and then they're like, no, this is, <laughs> You're not in a wheelchair. I'm, I'm alive, and I'm going to carry on, and I'm going to do bigger things now. Yeah. That is an uncharacteristically silver linings um Silver lining on that, and I I appreciate that. I, I gotta try to stay up today. Bro. That's very interesting. Russia's about to kick off World War Three. I got to talk be. about that real quick, and then we'll talk about okay, yeah, real real quick. This is the we don't have to. I'm just asking, just because you brought it up. I really that's want right. to. You just mentioned because it. that's the only reason I asked. Because you know me and my geopolitical implications yeah. talk. You're a Russia guy. You're a Russia guy, and I'm a Russia. I'm a Arabian guy. Yeah. I got you. Right. The uh, so Russia's been amassing a massive amount of troops on the eastern Ukrainian border, which is nothing really that new every year they kind of do the same thing except this time it's bigger and they're speaking a lot louder trying they said if if they threatened if nato forces moved in that they that would be considered an escalation an act of aggression when this you is said just there have military is already right yeah i mean separatists yeah russian backed separatists which you know in this case you're you're talking about a lot of people former soviet union type of stuff that they're they want to become part of the russian federation again blah 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 and who knows how how much veracity there truly is in that but um but, but this, this mother is russia big. is going to give you a bunch of ak's and body armor and money and say oh yeah take it back for the motherland well you're and if be you're like, in the club right. you know if yeah. you're part of the federation at that point you really don't have to worry about much and yeah. You know, all the politicians are going to get a lot of money in their pockets lined up. Everything's going to be fine. People are going to be getting fat contracts. It's, you know, and then Russia itself is a, it's a very, very large nation that has a lot of power. It's a really rough situation to be that tiny little country right next to the big bear. That's, it's dangerous. Um, so even for some people, it, it's a, it's a public safety thing. Right. They're looking at me like, hey, you know, whatever. But anyways, so we have, yeah, an increase in skirmishes on the eastern border in a couple of the the more disputed regions we remember crimea what happened with crimea them, how when what year was that was that like 2012 2000 oh yeah when was crimea 
the annexation of Crimea. It was during the Obama administration. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, a lot of time. Oh, Vladimir Zelensky. We remember that. Uh, when they annexed Ukraine in 2014. 2014. Yep, that was the portion of the yeah Crimea. 2014. Um, but now we we got 4,000 paratroopers that are now being moved and stationed in Crimea. Along Russian with the buildup on the eastern, yeah, Russian the, the real guys, the big boys. Yeah, which Crimea is this little island essentially just south of Ukraine in the Mediterranean Sea. And it's, I'm pretty sure there's connected by bridges at that point. You know, there's, you don't have to take boats or ferries or anything. But, you know, the Russians have blocked off access to that with their own Navy and shipping. It, it's not, not a good situation. And this is a massive, massive escalation that. <clears throat> and it, it could just be that they are testing the waters with the Biden administration to see what they are going to do and what they're not going to do. Well, you said the Ukraine activated their draft, right? The Ukraine did <clears throat> indeed um, activate their draft um, April 1st. And they're looking in total 14,246 citizens will be called up for military service, according to the press service of the general staff of the armed forces of Ukraine. Um, 65 of them will be drafted in the armed forces, 600 the state's special transportation, 4646 into the National Guard, and 2500 in the state border guard service. Um, it's, it's never good when a nation that doesn't normally have a draft starts up the draft. That's not a good thing. But um, President Zelensky is apparently just saying, hey, you know, don't. Don't look at this too much. Don't put too much behind this because Russia does this every year. But this is all indications point to this being a lot bigger than it ever has been in the past. I'm going to go ahead and go as far to say that it's not a good thing if any country starts a draft when they're not actively engaged in warfare. Yeah. Not a I good mean, look. It's one Fucking dog. You know, like right uh, Israel. Yeah. They, they have a mandated draft, right? Everybody has to do two years. But that's, that's different. always. It's always yeah, that's been different. that, right? right? It's different. When you don't do a draft and then you do, red flags go up. Well, yeah, that's like if next month the United States military was like, hey, we need more guys. Like, we're, yeah. we're going to, you know, like a 10,000 more, we're just going to call them up. We would all be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, there's all these National Guardsmen, all these reservists, all this shit. You're, you're yeah. telling me now you're drafting people. Like, what are we doing that you need that many more dudes, you know? And let's <clears> – let me throw this out there and see what it says. You know how – as the Biden-Harris administration has come into power, um, the VP has been making a lot of phone calls with other nation powers and yes. you know, doing that whole thing. Well, on Friday, President Biden himself actually had a phone call with um, Mr. Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, and affirmed the United States' unwavering support for the Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity in the face of Russian, or Russia's ongoing aggression in the Donbass and Crimea region. So he just got on the phone on Friday himself and confirmed that if Russia pushes, we're right behind Ukraine. Ugh. Yeah. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. And I was texting you earlier, you know, if if Russia pushes in the Ukraine, yeah. China's going they're going to be dropping their landing craft in Taiwan and then now we got a two front situation. Well, That's, and to start anything with uh, China even in a proxy war type situation is not 
no. anything we want to get involved with, even if we were to just like sink a bunch of money into like India or something. You know, I, yep. that's not. And in the meantime, or even just in Taiwan, if we yeah. just paid Taiwan a shitload of money, that would not be good. No, if they found out that we even had green berets or something, they're training people. It would not well, be Ukraine, good. well, Taiwan is a direct ally of ours. I mean, that an invasion of Taiwan means we're going, and that's. None of it's good, man. None of it's good. Mm. This is why I wanted to keep the pre-show a little light and fluffy because this is... And here we are arguing about whiteness. All right. And we might be looking at, you know, we got some serious America authoritarians. America is an empire, Colin. <laughs> That's right. Surge is, you know, we're not talking about insurgents at the border. Okay. You can't <laughs> say surge of migrants at the border because these children are not insurgents, says AOC on her stupid Instagram live stream. She is the absolute worst. She's funny. I can't. I can't with her. She's terrible. Terrible. I love terrible, when terrible. people that I went to school with, I post video clips of her. Like, you know, she doesn't know what she's talking about, right? Like, I'm not saying she's stupid. She's obviously not stupid. You know, she doesn't know what she's talking about, right? Yep. Like, she lives in a fucking fantasy world. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She's not dumb. She is very intelligent, obviously. Mm-hmm. Doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. I, I feel comfortable. As someone sitting in a room unpaid to broadcast to one person for three hours, I feel very confident <laughs> in saying she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. Yep. I feel very confident in that. Yeah, I feel just, very confident. If she was in this room, I'd tell her she doesn't know what she's talking, I know what about. You're talking about. And I'd have to school. I'd have to mansplain. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm glad mansplaining the way. I'm not going to lie. That just, was a nice one now. that just kind of fell to the wayside. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. You want to talk about infrastructure? Infrastructure week, it's finally here. This is a Colin led topic here. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so, I have some rough numbers that we can go over. So let me, because this is going to, this is like the surface stuff. And yes. so then you can go a little bit deeper than that and explain to me why this may not be exactly okay, good. Because, all that it's so, played up to. Yeah. And just to preface this, right, there's a couple things that I think deserve to be talked about other than the substance of the bill. Yeah. As, or, well, because it's not a bill yet. Right. right. This thing has got acts upon acts upon acts layered within, and they do make mention of it. And right now, the clearest cut thing we have to go off of in in my world is the, I love this one, the fact sheet from Word. the White House, right? Word. And Axios, because I've gone through here, it's very, very long, because we're talking about $2 trillion in spending here. Yes. Um, Axios, and can I just say, Axios, I think, got over their trump derangement syndrome faster than anyone else i've ever seen yeah axios i got a decent amount of respect for them because they they do seem to they're doing pretty okay they do they do pretty well right yeah they have a nice kind of boiled down version to speak to some of the money and where it goes which is really nice because the white house has some numbers thrown around and a lot of these acts that are ready to be a part of this giant omnibus amorphous blob of what will probably become a reconciliation bill um you know, it's got some numbers thrown in there, but without diving into all those separate acts, there's really no way to find out what's going on here Yeah. in detail. But, yes, we can do this. Um, well, lead me up, homie. You got it all right there. I do. Yeah. So what we're essentially talking about here is a something the country actually does need, right? We do need yeah. some, some rebuilding of infrastructure, right? And, and I, I do want to remind you and everybody else, Colin, this is something we will be 
keeping up consistently with on our social media, right? Yes. So I do want to just remind everybody to go ahead and make sure you look at our social media. I'm at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. He's at Big Bird Offy on both those things. You can follow us on all those things. We have our Salt of the Streets Facebook at Salt of the Streets. Fuck Facebook. Our Instagram at Salt of the Streets. Our YouTube, obviously, if you're watching us here at Salt of the Streets. We have our saltofthestreets.com where you can find all this information. If you are watching us on YouTube, giving us a like, a share, give us a comment. Tell everybody about us. If you're listening to us on a podcast form, give us a rating and a review so other people can find us. Five stars. stars. That's it. I think we're out of here. Um, I think the only (coughs) thing that I wanted to mention before you get into it, this proposal that came out on Wednesday is part one of a larger two-part plan. Yes. Um, The second part is supposed to focus more on, like, social issues. Yes. Um, Yeah, this is – this one, this aspect is called the American Jobs Plan. Yeah. And then – uh, when he gave his speech in Pittsburgh, he said that the next version is called the American Families Plan. Yeah, which kind of just tells you where they're where they're looking at here. It's <laughs> interesting because some of the stuff in the infrastructure bill, there's a lot of that's not infrastructure in here, which is interesting. Yes, um, but you know, it is what it is. Social because up until now, will. it was touted as an infrastructure plan. Yes. And my next thing is infrastructure. You even remember last week on the double header. Um, when we were talking about the press conference that he did, someone asked him about like, oh, you know, what are you going to do about guns and, um, what are you going to do? Yeah. Gun legislation, all the above. Yeah. And he said, I have, it was essentially, I have my priority list and infrastructure is next. Like yeah. I'm, I'm going to do all those things, all the above. It's a matter of timing. Yep. Right. But you know, whenever president comes into office, they have a, you know, a list of things they got to do in timing. It's all about timing. It's the right time to do things and infrastructure infrastructure yeah and we're gonna talk about that in pittsburgh so yeah this has been the thing for a while yeah so the initial the among the 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 biggest hitting items for the initial round of spending you're talking about 62 or 621 billion dollars for standard physical infrastructure such as built building roads bridges modernizing public transport the president will call on congress to significantly ramp up the use of electric vehicles and charging stations for both civilians and the government including electrifying school buses and the us postal service fleet 100 billion dollars which i for, heard about already the electric yeah. postal service trucks yeah they've been talking about that a little bit for a while they're going to start rolling them out now which i don't you know not a bad idea it'd be nice to get rid of them little golf cart jeep looking things that yeah. i see everywhere i've seen a few like van type things recently that look brand new but i don't know um, but we got $100 billion for expanding broadband internet access and another $100 billion to update the country's electrical grid, a need whose urgency was highlighted by the blackouts in Texas this winter, which it is indeed not because that is a private market. We talked about this before. Right. It's, it's a private market infrastructure system in Texas, which is different, right? But anyway. It's because everyone's infrastructure is shit. Yeah, it's because yeah, everybody's is. And it's been, it has been yeah, it's been 30 years old for like 20 years. We're still <laughs> putting up telephone poles. Okay, we're, we're putting up poles in one of the windiest areas around here when it should be going underground. We have power. We have like flickers constantly yeah. can just because of wind. <laughs> because we have power lines that run three feet next to trees. Every single year, how much money do we dump yeah, just so in the county money. to trim just back trim the trees? Back. Put it underground. You don't have to worry about it anymore. When but, people are some, I mean, they're out of power for days sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many fucking power lines are down. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you don't got a generator, man, you need to get one. Yeah. I got one, but I don't know if it works. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, the power only really goes out when it's really cold outside for the most part. So if you need to, just put everything outside. It'll probably stay frozen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
It's like what I do with my beer during the wintertime. Exactly. So anyways, uh, $230 billion for addressing economic inequity by modernizing buildings such as schools and VA hospitals. That spending would modernize union trade workers to upgrade buildings with a specific focus on underserved communities. There's a little bit of equity for you. So equity-based infrastructure plans that are going to be done by the trade workers union. Sprinkle it in. I don't, I don't hear anything. You know, how many private industry, how many private companies are going to get access to these, these contracts? Probably none because they won't be able to afford them. She did get asked, Jen Psaki did get asked in the press briefing I was watching yesterday, or today that was from yesterday, about unions. Now, fuck, I wish I would have wrote it down. I didn't even think about it. Um, and she said something about, you know, trying to make sure that people were going to be able to get in there. And, but, yeah, it, it, it did seem that um, there was going to be, it was from yesterday. So, go ahead. Is that what she was wearing? No. That's oh, from yeah, March that's 1st. Thing. Yeah, that's right. Either way. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past her. Of course she did. Yeah. Whatever she said, I'm sure she did. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever she said, I'm sure she did. Because she says just about everything out there. She it's, sucks. It's dude. wild. So we got uh, another. We got 400 billion in quote unquote care infrastructure that would expand access to home or community care for people with aging relatives or those with disabilities. Considering the massive drop in the birth rate for our generation, that is going to become a massive, a massive deal. Yeah. Because people will have less family there to take care of them when they get old and are dying. So you either go to a facility or you have in-home care. Or I never right? considered that. That's very interesting. That's, I think, something that we probably should take pretty seriously. $400 billion for that. $100 billion for workforce development targeted at low-income and underserved communities. Tech training in bad neighborhoods and, you know, you know which, again, is... It's a good idea, but the government do never does anything really well. Yeah. And it's just going to be money <laughs> down the drain. And let, if that was a trillion dollars, we might be able to have a different conversation, right? I am interested to know how many studies are going to be done with that money, right? Studies in those areas of the best way to spend the money. Yes. Because that's definitely going to happen first. Yep. And so one might ask, right? So that's a major the major points of like the spending portion of this but one might ask you know how are we going to spend how are we going to get two trillion dollars pay for all this i mean infrastructure i like the way Sagar put it the other day infrastructure by its own nature should pay for itself over time yeah so it's an investment which then every one of those work hours that goes into that the the jobs that it creates you know it's not going to create necessarily jobs but it'll give people work to do hence jobs and be um, going for a long time you know what i'm saying yeah if and you know actually unions will shit. need more members and this and that so you know i mean exactly. how, how long have we been fucking building i-5 you know <sighs> yeah pretty much uh, my whole life. exactly so. which is you know shovel ready baby yeah it's shovel in there. ready exactly um but so it but also doesn't provide not to interrupt you again, but mm -hmm. it also doesn't provide hope that the price tag will be as low as we're talking about it no. being because <laughs> we've been building I-5 for my whole fucking life and I'm 46 exactly. years old. So <laughs> I literally can't remember a time it where there wasn't construction. construction being done on some part of I-5. Yep. From Bremer, from Port Orchard, Gig Harbor, whatever, Tacoma, you know. All the way All up. the way to wherever. Yeah. There yep. has always been some portion that has been under construction. Even if they're just like, oh, it's to add another lane. 
Oh yeah. We're adding another lane for 700 miles. Like it's so yeah, there's, you know, just consistently construction on that. It's it's fucked up. Oh yeah. And it's you could tell like the various stages of the the cuz like at one point everybody everybody thought it was a great idea to build portions of these freeways in concrete panels. Yeah. And you know what that feels like. Oh my god, that's the worst. And my truck with the suspension that thing's got. Yeah. It's like riding a skateboard, bro. Oh, it's horrible. It's especially when you need to pee. Yeah. Oh, bro. Anyways, so how are we going to pay for this? Well, we're going to raise taxes, but not anybody making less than $400,000 a year. I pinky promise. Eight years of spending, 15 years of taxing. Yes. Is the general. Yeah, it's 15 years. They're. Um, they intend to raise the corporate tax rate from 21 to 28 for 15 years. President Trump convinced Congress to lower it from 35 to 21 before. So we're stuck at 21 right now, which the idea was to bring corporations back in, blah, blah, blah. But And we saw for a long time that didn't pan out, that wages really wages tracked way behind that we were expecting. That was the whole selling point. So we're going to give more money back to corporations, and they're going to raise everybody's wages. No. And that did not necessarily play out the way no. that it was expected when to. When they were threatening... More jobs, not higher pay. Yes. Way more jobs, not higher pay. Nope. More part-time workers, less benefits being provided. And I will <laughs> more, say, more shitty pay. Part of the, the part of the thing that makes this really disingenuous when you're reading through the actual fact sheet from the White House is every men- It's always, it'll create good jobs, good union jobs, good paying jobs. Yeah. What does that mean? What's a it good doesn't job. mean anything because they can't tell you what they're going to set the prices at. They're, right. You know, it's it's going to be up to your union and the prevailing wage at the time. That's that. Yeah. Which, And that's yeah. one thing that I wrote down when I was about the unions for I-5 was a counterpoint to what I just said was, like, we don't even know how much money this is actually going to cost. Not only no. because this is just a proposal, but also because it's all going to be set based on what the wages at the time. If $15 an hour is going to get pushed through, that's going to shift things again. You know, yep. If the $15 minimum wage is passed after this is passed, all these numbers are going to go way up because those people are going to have to get paid more in comparison to $15 an hour. Like That's going to shift everything. You know what I'm saying? I Yeah. If you're working for a union, you're getting paid fifteen dollars an hour. That's not what I'm saying. Union. What I'm that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> right. What I'm saying is when the standard is fifteen dollars an hour, their pay is going to go up because they're Yes, because you they'll have to compete in the market. So yes, their exactly. their percentage difference there will most likely increase. Exactly. Which and would require you know, another collective bargaining agreement whenever those roll around. And what I'm saying. So the cost is gonna go up. Yep. Yeah, because they'll have to adjust for like the union you said, hourly right? rate never goes down. No. No, and the prevailing wage, for anybody who doesn't know what a prevailing wage is, will you give us a quick yeah, quick so, explainer? So a prevailing wage is a wage that is essentially required to be paid for a specific job if you are working for the government. If it is a government-funded job, you are required to pay your employees X amount of dollars per hour based off of what position they are. And generally... I'm not even going to say generally. They are 100% based on union labor union structures, right? Depending on what industry you're in, like for, for my industry, right? The prevailing wage is it's done by averaging out like a state's average wage for that particular job yeah. based off of, you know, various unions, this and that and the other thing. And when you have an ununionized, an ununionized, um, industry um what what word am i trying to find here um career 
job position, something like that, you know, like if you're a land surveyor, right, who, you know, your prevailing wage, depending on the collection, because there's not, there's not a union for land surveyors in, in our state. So if you're a land surveyor and you normally make $90,000 a year because you're professional, you're licensed, you've done the whole thing, you got your big paycheck, the odds are the prevailing wage for that, because you make X, let's say you make 90 grand in Seattle as a land surveyor, over in Spokane, odds are you're probably going to be making 70. Yeah. And so they just, they average this thing up and you may end up having to take a pay cut to work a prevailing wage job. For my guys out in the field, they're at, I pay them more than what a prevailing wage requires in the state of Washington. But that's just for your if particular you are, field. Because if you a are lot a construction of laborer, yeah. you're getting paid probably two to three times more than what your hourly wage is. Well, it also in. goes up the longer you're on that job, Depending right? Depending on which, like slotted position your position qualifies for yeah right so you might be yeah laborer one laborer two whatever their system is and then yeah your pay scale goes up a heavy equipment operator heavy equipment operator two so like instead right. of rolling you know doing just rollers now you're in an excavator yeah you know and it but anyway and i just so i only i only say that because like just yesterday i was talking to one of our family friends who does truck driving for asphalt Right. Word. And they got a prevailing wage job. And he was like, by the third day, I was making like over $100 an hour. Hard, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just because every day or the amount of yeah. hours that you work, it starts to increase. And so I think they yeah. had like 36 hours or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. So one of his hours was like $124 an hour or something. Mm -hmm. Just so, fucking insane. We'll put it in this kind of manner. If you are a company who owns, you know, if you're in labor unions and your guys are in labor union, you're not because as a business owner, you don't belong. Right. Right. You are, you know, you can feel free to bid on a government job because you're already requiring to pay your guys that wage anyways, yeah. right? And so you're, if I was to take a prevailing job for my guys, I will have to sit there and calculate my proposal for the bid on the job right. based off of that salary because I have to then, if we do get that job, I have to pay them the prevailing wage and then certify my payroll every week to make sure that we're in line with that. Yeah. So the unions are built to work prevailing wage jobs private industry is not it costs us a hell of a lot more to do that and if you screw up your bid and you underbid the job and they're going to hold you to that you might go broke yeah you might not you might not be able to finish the job because you can't afford you might put yourself in bankruptcy just to get through it so it's a very very it's really detrimental to the private industry yeah which sucks it makes it harder for us to grow to yeah. provide our you know it is what it is yeah but anyway that's how they're going to pay for it they're going to pay for it by taxing the rich which is, you know, it's a thing. They have some, some talk in the fact sheet about adding a global income tax or a global, how do they put it, uh, profit tax or whatever it is, so that if you are a company based in the United States but you keep your money over in the Philippines or, you know, whatever, to, to avoid a, a hard tax over here, you're going to get taxed bringing that money back in at yeah. a certain percentage. So either way, you're paying out the nose in taxes right. to pay for this thing. But like you said, it's 15 years versus the 10-year or 8-year implementation, whatever the time difference is there. And that's that's kind of the gist of the overall plan at this time, right? There's a ton in there. I would highly recommend everybody go to the fact sheet on the White House website. And you can go through, and all the major topics are there. They talk about, like, pulling out all the lead-based pipes that we have in our public school system, which... 
I cannot believe for a second that it actually exists. The lead-based pipe in the schools? How is that even <laughs> a thing? Yeah. If that when actually exists the most, way they're yeah. doing that, that is absolutely insane. When I thought we did that like... risk for Legionnaire's disease. Isn't yeah, that insane? what is going on? <laughs> is that fucking insane? Yeah. Th- yeah, that's absolutely yeah. insane. Um, what I also read one of the things that they're talking about looking into is... Let's see been looking at adjusting to the stepped up basis as well as an expansion of the capital gains tax and um so they're talking about a wealth tax without calling it a wealth tax yeah um and that's what the stepped up basis thing is because it's it took me three articles to find out what they were really <laughs> talking about because been looking at is is highlighted here switch to my solo camera so i can show people where how difficult this was maybe if you can see Get my screen real close to it actually. okay so let's see here oh, focus in come on baby it's just like white screen yeah okay all right that's not anyway right. so it's this... funny because if you turn it to an angle you can kind of see it lean it out that way see there it, it is <laughs> yeah that's weird okay anyway Anyways. doesn't matter so uh, yeah i had to find here's the article maybe well i just lost it so that's cool so we got, I mean, we got stuff in there like, uh, what is it, 200 or 2 million homes they want to uh, remodel or build new ones to, to for low-income housing. You know, there's all these nitty-gritty little things in here in the plan fact sheet that don't have any actual numbers tied to them. Some of them do, some of them don't. And at the end of the day, we can talk about the numbers as much as we want. But until this actually gets formulated into some form of a bill, this is just basically a, a wish list, you know. And listening to uh, Crystal and Sagar on um, on Rising, Crystal and Sagar both are like, well, if you're talking infrastructure bill where, you know, it's not just spending that's going to go away, you're going to get a payoff in the end, why is this not $10 trillion? Like, I think Biden on the campaign trail was talking about seven originally, seven trillion or something like that. But, you know, if you're going to make this happen, like it actually needs to be substantial. Yeah. All construction costs have gone through the roof. Oh, due to supply chain problems during the pandemic, this, that, and the other. Everything is more expensive. Yeah. And you're going to sit here and pare this down from what you already were talking about spending during the campaign trail. It doesn't lend itself to a lot of political support because it you obviously don't really believe in what it is because otherwise you'd be pushing for that seven trillion dollar package that you were talking about on the campaign trail. right well and the progressives and the democratic party have proposed have said that it should really be more like 14 15 trillion you know they're looking for i think like aoc AR. said 10 yeah on twitter um, or something so I found what I was talking about, the stepped-up thing they're talking about. Um, and this is from Business Insider. President Joe Biden is getting even more serious about raising a tax. This is from March 22nd. He's getting even more serious about raising taxes on the wealthy, according to a new Bloomberg report, but it likely won't look like a wealth tax. Biden hasn't said he'll enact a wealth tax like the one proposed by Senator Elizabeth Warren. Instead, he's considering alterations to the tax code that would increase taxes on high earners without creating a tax that targets wealth. So... So it's a wealth tax. Yes, yeah, so they're just <laughs> going to adjust. They're going to adjust the different levels, and then it says in there that Janet Yellen was already talking about this article is also from the business the Business Insider from February twenty eighth. How much taxes does Janet Yellen pay? Entitled, Janet Yellen's Treasury sees a wealth tax as too hard to implement, but she has other ideas on what to change. Um, 
Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has indicated that a wealth tax is off the table, but she's looking at potentially significant measures. In an interview with New York Times' Andrew Ross Sorkin, Yellen said she is planning on a wealth wasn't planning a wealth tax like Senator Elizabeth Warren's proposal because it's, quote, something that has a very difficult implementation problems. Yellen also said during a virtual conference held by the Times that, quote, a wealth tax has been discussed, but it's not favored by President Biden. On one major plank of Senator Warren's, yeah, she and Senator Bernie Sanders' run, they did the wealth tax, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> Come on, bitch. Where's it at? Where's it at? Yeah. Okay, so here if it doesn't illustrate is. the problem that you need to look up three to five articles to figure out what they're actually trying to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. So this, I think, was the third article that I pulled up um, until I was actually able to get to where they're at. And so they're talking about adding potentially more tiers or just shifting the percentages of the tiers because it's difficult, like you said, for people to mm-hmm. they'll, they'll hide money. They'll do all kinds of things, you know. You also have to consider with a wealth tax people have to like appraise the value of their assets every single year and then pay for that and they're yeah. they this one person they interviewed called it an administrative nightmare like four different times because of just times. the amount of yeah. work that would have to be done for people to do that it wouldn't be and i mean you're also opening yourself up to more corruption this is kind of a side thing but like more corruption and stuff like that for finding people who are going to find special ways to appraise things like there's like yeah, like Trump's daddy. It, it did. Do, yeah, it doesn't work <laughs> the way that you think that it would, and they know that, right? Yep. They know that, and so instead, they're just going to do this this shifting of the tax code without saying they're rewriting the tax code, right? Uh, yeah. Yes, because they've said that we're not going to rewrite the tax code, but we're going to rewrite the tax code. We're going to do it, <laughs> like half of it. And the problem, this is really easy to explain, right? The problem with the wealth tax is wealth indicates looking at your net worth right yeah when jeff bezos is the richest man in the world they're assessing his net worth they're looking at the value of amazon they're looking at the value of all of his assets like the washington post everything that he owns every piece of paper and then saying okay well now we're going to charge you one percent off of all of that that doesn't mean that his whatever his take-home pay is as ridiculous as it is it may not come close to the one percent of the entire net worth of all of his companies put together that's insane that is 100 percent insane you don't have that money that is a basic misunderstanding of what wealth is wealth is the accumulation of your assets i i have wealth in this house right i have i have a little bit of wealth in this house way more than i used to have right but i don't have in my bank account what this house costs could you not even close to that or one percent of that like that's What's okay? So let's say an average house three hundred thousand yeah. dollars, right? Which is a, actually it's not average anymore here. But let's just say you're yeah. buying a house for three hundred thousand dollars. One percent of three hundred thousand dollars. Three thousand. Three thousand dollars to just pay at any given. Just time. because you own a house. Yeah. That seems really wrong. You know, if you are a owner of a company, what if your company does? $10 million in business every year. Yeah. But due to the nature of your profession, the wages that you have to do this, that, and the other thing, like you don't ever, you're not, your company isn't seeing a million dollars in profits every year. Mm-hmm. But now it's, if it's worth 10. Hello. Oh, Buddy Dax is here. What's that? He's learning how to use these phones and he's getting really yes. good at it. Yeah. I will be I right love back. Love it. You do it. <clears throat> so some more things um, I'll just pull out there from uh, Vox. Really interesting that uh, 
you know, Biden is getting attacked on his left flank from his progressives for this because $2 trillion, like I alluded to before with uh, Crystal and Sager on rising, they don't think it's enough. Well, a lot of the progressives on Biden's left flank also believe that. So we're talking about, you know, this the $621 billion in infrastructure spending dedicated to rebuilding the, nation, the nation's road, bridges, ports, and rail systems. We're also talking about, you know, a lot more rail systems going on. It also contains $300 billion to bolster manufacturing, $213 billion for affordable housing, and a collective $380 billion for research and development. Modernizing America's electrical grid and installing high-speed broadband around the country. The plan also includes $400 billion for home and community-based health and elder care. That was that, uh, that the care spending that we were talking about earlier. The White House estimates the infrastructure plan will be paid for within the next 15 years when they're talking about adjusting those corporate tax rates. Now, something I did want to bring up when we're talking about the, the return that you're supposed to get on infrastructure, right? Having better infrastructure in your country, in your states, you know, Biden is always dropping the line. If you're a business and you're trying to set up shop in a new part of town, the first questions you're going to ask, where's the rail system at? How, how far is it to the ports? You know, and there is a, there is certainly when you're talking about a specific type of industry, you know, there is definitely some truth to that. Um, but you know, your everyday mom and pop shop location, location, location is always key. You're trying to be close to your customers and the services that you provide. If you're in manufacturing and what you do is export shipping and you do it through freight rail and whatever it makes sense to look at these things and given the data which most of this infrastructure was installed there's obvious reasons why we want to update it you know it's it's not as efficient as it could be you know it it's hard let me put it this way it's hard to square away with somebody like you know a conservative or a libertarian it's hard to square away the idea of a massive government spending bill like this when you're talking about anything, right? But when you're talking about infrastructure, you're talking about an investment. You're talking about an investment that you can collect a return on because if you improve the infrastructure around all these businesses and all these homes, the idea is that everybody will be making more money, everybody will be more well-off, and then the government collects more in taxes at that point because the more money you make, the more money the government gets from it. And so it's kind of hard to argue against the idea that we do need these. You know, we could have conversations about whether or not the government providing it in the way they are trying to do it is going to be effective. I personally don't think it'll be that effective. We all remember those shovel-ready jobs from the Obama administration where it was dig a hole, fill the hole back in, now we're good. You know, there was a, it didn't really work out the way we anticipated it. And you can look at the idea of when the Obamacare plan came out the idea was the actual Obamacare thing that ended up getting passed wasn't anywhere near what they had initially planned for you know it was way pared back nobody really wins these things so we'll see what that comes to you know time will tell well obviously we're going to have to wait and see what the what the Congress has to say about and how they're going to end up turning this into an omnibus bill and, and whatnot Tell the people that you love them, sir. Then we're out of here. Say bye, everyone. There he is. Hi. That's awesome. Hey, hi. <laughs> I love you, sweet boy. That is so cool. I love you both.
Oh, that looks Spider-Man. Good. Spider-Man's yeah. here. Sorry, Spider-Man's here. Oh, there's Spider-Man. Yep, there he is. Yep, that's uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse, there's a part he gets poked in the eye. And so every time we talk about Spider-Man, he pokes himself in the eye because when they're in the lab, Miles turns invisible for the first time and Peter B. Parker is trying, he's like doing this, trying to find him. He pokes him in the eye and he goes, oh, ow, ow, you poked in my eye. <laughs> so yeah, so every time we talk about Spider-Man, he does that. And then there's a moment where Miles is in the car with his dad and they're arguing about going to school. And Miles' dad yells at him and, and they're talking about like having a choice, you know. And Miles is like, he doesn't feel like I have a choice. And his dad goes, you don't. So... And so Ooh. he goes, he goes, uh-uh, uh-uh. uh-uh. And so he wants us to say, you don't. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all deal. So. That's yeah. awesome. You're very cute, aren't you, sweet boy? Yeah. Look at that. Okay. He's right. getting really good at that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I love you very much. That is so cool. Thank you. Bye. Do it. Do it. Do it. Almost. <laughs> he tickles our mustaches I mean the mustaches are definitely worth tickling Well there is again in another movie Fucking Trolls World Tour Absolutely ridiculous uh, You're such fucking, a dad look at you I know it's you horrible love it. You love it Poppy's dad One of the people calms him down by like like Strokes his mustache Like twirls it in his fingers And mm-hmm. so he'll watch that He'll come up and he'll tickle my mustache So when he watches us on TV, he'll walk up to the TV and tickle our mustaches on oh, the TV. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Biggest fan in the world right there. Absolutely. Since day one. Since pre-day one. As, absolutely. Yeah, he was listening to the show when mm-hmm. he was in utero. He used to sit in there and go crazy. It's like, I hear Dad. Where yeah. you at, buddy? That's our boy. He should be watching right now, I think. Okay, sorry. So, go ahead. We got, I just kind of was going through breaking down some more of the little things that are in the infrastructure bill. What I really want to talk about now. Yes. How is this going to happen? Right now, we have a vague plan that wants to be implemented. And there's a couple roadblocks immediately off the bat that you run into. Yeah. Passes through the Congress. Well, so first, we'll just kind of just go through them. First of all, Mitch McConnell has said, the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, has said that he's not going to approve any new tax hikes. Yep. So there's that. Um, Which they can circumvent with a 51-50 in the Senate. Yes. If, if you the, can get all 50 Democrats to vote. Yes. Um, that's considering because you've also seen people who've expressed uh, unhappiness that it's not bigger. Right. Yeah. Joe Manchin said he would go for four. And yep. now we're looking at two. Yep. So Joe Manchin also said, so there's another roadblock is getting it passed. Their Senator Schumer happens to think that they can somehow find a way to do another uh, reconciliation. budget reconciliation, yep. which is not... A thing. And they'll find that out when it comes up. I have a feeling it'll go through the Senate first because they have a tighter majority and tighter control in the Senate. And they're going to have to see what the Senate parliamentarian says about all of this. Because the Senate parliamentarian has got to make sure it doesn't negatively impact the budget. Yeah. And that, and if they can get away with that, then they can pursue reconciliation, which as long as everybody gets party line votes, then it'll pass that way. Which, again terrifying that these trillion dollar plans are being passed without any say from the minority at this point it's and it's scary it's it's important to note i think that we used to have something called earmarks oh yeah um in which senators could kind of 
exactly as it sounds, put a little earmark to make sure that there were certain projects that happened in their state or in their community that they could then go home and say like, you know, we did pass a several billion dollar infrastructure plan, but we got this bridge built or this redone or this whatever, like, and then generally they'll name the bridge or whatever after that person. And it's it's beneficial for all that no longer exists. I believe that was as well done away with during the Obama era. Since then, we haven't seen a major infrastructure package, right? Mm -hmm. Partially because the easiest way to get everybody to vote for it was to give everybody a little something. Yep. So the earmarks, they necessarily go away and they just become amalgamated into the omnibus bill that is created. And it's really hard to get because then you have to do things through amendments you know yes. what I'm saying you have to get other people to approve instead of just kind of rubbing elbows with someone in the budgetary committee and just getting it put on there you yep. know when now you have to get actual legitimate amendments you have to get a certain amount of votes put in there like it's it's a way bigger process that yeah that's what they call those done. those votoramas yes when all these senators bring various amendments to the table they all have x amount of minutes to present their thing and then they all vote yes or no whether it goes in or not yeah and it's it's essentially it does the same exact job as earmarking. It's just, way less productive. It's way less productive. Yes, way Which, less productive. Probably good, but yeah, that, that it's gives also the a ability... microcosm for Congress as it exists now. It's, yes, you know the same things are happening on a far far less productive level. Yep. <clears throat> and so the other the other important thing to look at here is so there's one way they can do it, and that's through budget reconciliation. Which yeah. Unlikely not the way we happen. should be doing things. No, but, and it's unlikely to happen a second time in one fiscal year. Yeah. That's just not really how it works here. Yeah. You can't do your budget twice in one year. That's not how budgets work. <laughs> generally speaking, no. <laughs> yeah, generally not. I mean, you don't want a living budget. We're talking about the American government, so they kind of make things up as they go along. Yeah. But And then the only other way to do it is through filibuster reform and getting rid of the requirement for 60-40. Which, Which I think is going to be a hard press. I don't think. I don't think you have the sixty forty to make that happen. No, I think there are way more people that either express favor for it or, um, not disinterest, but well, like, it, um, and I'm not sure how unbiased. Whatever. Yeah. Don't like. Don't care. You know. Why, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what 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 on uh, something. That's what I'm trying to think of. But like. There, yeah. you, you shouldn't. Have, I think you have enough people that in public show they either don't care or are for it that would not actually vote that way if it comes up. Mm-hmm. You know, think that there are an, at least a couple of people that recognize how big of a deal that is, and if they're still expecting to be in Congress ten years from the day of that vote, they know how it could affect them negatively you know and i've tried to be open about this i've spoken a lot about it on our twitter um or a lot about it on my twitter that during the trump administration we had many many people senators congressmen complain openly about the amount of trump judges that were being rammed through the congress right yeah this is because during the obama administration the filibuster rule to get judges into place was done away with Right. By Harry Reid. And now, like I said, not now, but during the Trump administration, they were able to get through as many judges as they want with just 51 votes. That's all they needed was just 51. Right. It worked great during Obama. And then as soon as it happened during Trump, it was fucking horrible. And I'm it's it's a policy difference. It's whatever. Right. But the idea that that exact same thing will not happen if you eliminate this filibuster, I think, is. This is the last bastion. uh, To say the least, it's ignorant. You know what I'm saying? We have in my lifetime, in my political lifetime, examples of how this can negatively affect the people that do it. And for some reason, 
the, all the people that work in Congress at this point in time are so short-sighted, they just don't give a shit. They're willing to ignore it, you know? It's it's something that you can even tie back to the, the Russian situation that we were just talking about before this. Um, Congress and our politicians, just politicians in general, you remember when Joe Biden gave his, his big press conference right and he said you know i'm a big believer in fate you know i i I don't i don't you know i don't know exactly what i'm going to do in in three or four years right blah blah blah, when i run for congress or something right or gonna rerun for president that speaks to i think all of our politicians they have an incredibly short attention span Two to four years. They can only see yeah. as far as their next election. And everything they're going to do in their time in office is going to be geared towards getting that job again. You know, other countries don't think about it like that because they don't necessarily have a revolving door of politicians necessarily. Right. And if you're talking about trying to get rid of the Senate filibuster in the legislative filibuster, it, I don't have, I don't have enough faith in our elected officials maybe i don't have as much faith as you because i believe that enough of them depending on how things are looking towards midterms you know a, a year out from midterms is when the campaign starts and so that's this year yeah you know that's why they want to get this thing pushed through as fast as they can i've heard that they're trying to get it in i think rising might have said something like this they're trying to get it in by july 4th get this passed yeah by july 4th because guess what happens right after that there's the summer break they all go home and they start campaigning for their next thing they want something that they can hang their laurels on to try to get a second term which i don't have enough faith in these politicians to not get rid of the legislative filibuster so that they can pass this thing go back to their district and say hey we did this for you yeah i I don't that might just be I'm very, very cynical and dark today. Maybe that's just a, a, fra- a, a work of that, but there's just there's too much talk about it. There's too much talk about getting rid of the filibuster and not enough people vehemently saying this is a terrible idea, don't do it. Because you got Republicans on one side saying, you know, you can do that, but you know what's going to happen is come midterms, we're going to have the majority, and then we and will be able to do what we want. They're already saying that. They're already saying that. And yep. I... Again, right, let's continue with what we saw in the last election, right? <coughs> because in the last election, in all the polling and everything, oh, the Democrats are going to win big. It's going to be enormous. It's going to be a blue wave. Joe Biden's going to, you know, it, it's going to be crazy, right? The polls were fucking insanely wrong. We saw that, right? Yep. Democrats lost seats. It, 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 there's a, they did not win the seats in the Senate that they thought they were going to be. They're at a 50-50. Yeah, what's the House split? Like five seats or something? Like it's that? very small. It's very small. The Democrats lost seats in the House, right? To think that that trend will not continue after bigger government, more overreach, people having less freedoms, all of this shit. Yep. The idea that that trend will not continue. 211, 219. So eight. Especially when... With five vacancies, by the way. Especially when traditionally the midterms always show up big for the opposite party that for the party that lost the white house usually gets a bump in the midterms yep so with that trend we know and the other trend of the democrats losing seats in the house and the senate right i don't I, I, the idea that this will not negatively <laughs> affect them in the immediate future it is beyond ignorant yep i but, yeah, I don't know. Time will tell, buddy. I, you know, because if, I mean, 
Yeah, because what can you say about the polls, right? Because election polls are one thing. They're terrible. But they're always doing polls of things, right? I mean, and as of right now, they have, you know, with Biden sitting on a 61% approval rate or blah, 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 some crazy number. And you're going, really? I don't believe that for a second. Who are you, who are you asking about this? What is, is this really true? I don't believe it, but, I mean, could be. Who? Because uh, we've always, the, the <coughs> question always stands, who answers the polls? You know, I've no. never been polled before. I don't know anybody who's ever said, nope. um, you know, I answered a political poll today. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. So, so we gotta we gotta push from essentially Biden's left flank that wants more, and you gotta push on the right side saying we're not voting on anything that raises taxes. And if they're trying to get this thing done by July, it's either yeah. not gonna happen, or they're gonna they're gonna go nuclear. And I I don't have enough faith in them to say that they won't do it. They won't hit the red button and smash the filibuster, and then everything changes forever at that point. Yeah. Then it's going to be majority rule, period. They can do whatever they want as long as they have the votes to get 51. It's not good, man. But that's where we stand. This this thing is not going to go away anytime soon. At, I'm sure we'll be at least talking about it until July 4th. Right. Which, and don't forget, remember, we can have our small family barbecues in the backyard on July 4th, as long as we obey all the COVID rules. As long as you follow the rules. <laughs> and again, it's important to remember, we've said this a couple of times, but I just want to remind everyone again, mm-hmm. that this is not a bill. This is not a bill proposal. This is just uh, it's a plan. It's essentially a list of things that the Biden administration would like to see included in the legislation. Yeah. Which the executive is, branch does not yeah. craft legislation. They don't pass bill. Uh, I mean, they sign bills. but they. So, these are all all up for discussion um up for debate which again begs the question why did you why did you go so small why didn't you go bigger right you you know you're not you're not winning any over you're not winning over the progressive the progressive caucus no you know you got the establishment democratic caucus that you know is generally in support of this but even like you said joe manchin wants more i don't i don't understand politically what this is Politically, this is this is something that is doomed to failure because it's not big enough or, yeah, I don't know. And don't we've know. continually heard representatives from the Biden administration come out and say, like, you know, we know the danger right now is in going too small and not going too big, right? It doesn't – and yeah. I'm not – Again, we're not arguing like, that I we want to. We don't want to spend ten trillion dollars. <laughs> but if the if politically, if the idea is to go big, to try and yeah. make a huge difference, to try and make a splash and change the country forever, why are you going with your like third option? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because at least two other it. ones have been presented already. Yep. So one of them being the one that you ran on. <laughs> so, so that's very weird. So. Yeah. So we'll obviously be tracking this, I think, because there's one that's supposed to come in April, and we'll probably have Larry on. I think it would be a good idea to have Larry on once the second plan is announced. The American Families Plan. Yeah, and we can talk about all the different ways that that will. I have a feeling that's going to be the one that progressives will really like. Yeah. I have a feeling. But I don't know, man. None of this seems to make any sense to me. Mm. It just, like, politically doesn't make sense. The, the spending... That I just I got a feeling the federal government doesn't do anything really well. 
They don't have a real good follow through except for trying to collect taxes and throw people into, you know, cages. Even that takes years generally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, how long did did Blade go without paying his Ooh. his taxes before he got hemmed up? A while. I mean, it was a while. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't know how that works. And I mean, they're talking about stricter enforcement on these tax issues and it's just it's nonsensical. I don't understand what what's going to happen here, but time yeah. will tell. And hopefully, we're not a transformed government after that. <laughs> I, yeah, because this is just everything that happens now just seems to be like, hey, what's the what's the worst decision we can make? Let's go that route. Do it. That sounds great. Let's, Let's do that. Do it. So we'll see. I don't know about this. Anyway, I gotta I gotta run. We want to talk about uh, immigration next. Yes. Okay. Crisis at the border. Crisis at the border. You got yeah. this for a second and all. Yeah, yeah, I got you. So this is something that we've talked about for. Ooh, nice. Ooh. And this is something that we've talked about the last couple of episodes. Uh, the crisis at the border. The inability. Legal, legal inability for the Biden administration to do anything different, and their unwillingness to acknowledge that is not helping them at all. Um, the unwillingness to acknowledge the severity of the issue is also not helping. So what we have here is, let me, I want to throw some details. So let's be very clear about what's happening because there's a lot of kind of semantics being thrown around on uh, numbers going down and people being turned away. The vast majority of single individuals showing up at the border are being turned away. There's something being enacted that was enacted during the Trump administration called Title 42 that had to do with like public health and safety during the coronavirus, people not coming in, right? So a lot of people are being turned away at the border because of that. Uh, many families, family units are coming here, parents and children um, are being turned away as well, unless there is an extenuating circumstance in which they are being kept here. There is some 30, 40% of families that are staying here. Um, and I'll talk about that a little bit. We've seen things, odd, different policies coming out. One of them being money being spent uh, in one plan, $86,000 being spent on hotel rooms for migrant families because they were unable to turn them away. 42% of families turned away at the border in February. So that means 76% of families that were staying here. Um, and that was on the... 22nd of March. So I have a bunch of stuff from the 22nd because that's when a lot of these questions started to come out. We've seen since then footage from Project Veritas come out on two different occasions. Those are aliens. Before Ted Cruz went there um, of children, young adults, adults, definitely not in COVID safe conditions. Inside of the fenced area. One of our insiders just gained access to and this. was just two days ago that this video was put out. This is on the screen right now, right? Yep. Yeah. I kind of turned their audio down a little bit just to show the picture. Yeah, so this is in Texas. These are children, adults, and young adults in a makeshift camp laying in the dirt underneath an overpass in Texas. The overflow at the border is so intense that this is what is... This is how it's being handled. This is coming from CBP officers on the ground right there that are, I are saw, horrified and are sending this to Project Veritas. And I saw footage maybe a month ago at the most of adults 
being held in a similar facility underneath an overpass, but it was only adults at that point in time. It yep. was not children. Um, it's obviously now come to I heard I was watching a press briefing from yesterday, and the latest number that I heard in let's see I have it here so horrific. in March there were eighteen thousand five hundred unaccompanied minors that crossed the border into America. Yeah projections at this and point depending on who you hear like i saw a, an article from cnn today that are saying projections indicate up to two million in encounters by the end of the year yeah. i heard a cbp officer say that they're on track for one million by the end of the year either way that's a lot and so i was talking about some of the details when you came back in here right so just to be clear because jen Saki in particular has been using a lot of double words and double speak to try and avoid a lot of these statistics that are coming out from the border from zbp that you you can't deny these are actual numbers yep. being used um so the vast majority of single adults are being turned away at the border i think that's like 72 yep. percent of single adults are being turned away immediately at the border not even being processed you can't come in here yep. that's not how this is happening you have to go back um some of them who are claiming asylum are being brought in and processed their asylum claims and they're being sent out. Said families, it was 24% or something like that of families. 42% yeah. of families turned away at the border. So either 76%, 78%. Uh, I said 74%. I'm fucking so terrible at math. The other 78%. Is that even right? What? No. It was four, no. It's 58%. 58%. I'm fucking so stupid. No, you're just trying to do math on the fly. Don't worry it's about it. It's so bad. It's so bad. 58% of people. 76%. I'm just look like a right winger over here just trying to make things look more extreme than they are. So 58% of families that are being kept here, their asylum being processed, asylum requests being processed. So on the 22nd, we had questions from Jen Psaki about reporters being let into border facilities because even now, we have, I think we had a small group of reporters that were allowed in. No pictures being taken or released. Yep. Um, and so still we have not had so much transparency. So much transparency. Jen Psaki sidestepped the question, blamed COVID, right? Oh, well, we have to make sure things are safe for COVID, like COVID, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because what we just showed you seems very Super COVID safe. safe for COVID, yeah. At least they're outside. Um, it doesn't spread as much outside. It's all COVID fault. Um, and so she said their intent was to tackle the issues at their root. We're going to start spending money, um, an undisclosed amount of dollars. Yep. Not, and she wasn't like, I'm not going to tell you. But she said, we're going to start spending uh, X amount of dollars on ads in South America to tell people not to come here. Because our messaging of saying now is not the time to come is not working. Um, more foreign aid is to be proposed in the immigration plan that is coming um, regarding the crisis at the border. As she was asked why she wasn't acknowledging that there was a crisis at the border, children presenting at our border, and this is a quote. Oh, this, this is a is quote good. from this Jen Sack. Children presenting at our border who are fleeing violence, prosecution, and terrible situations is not a crisis, right? And she restated that yesterday, right? Then after that, she said, <laughs> she didn't say this. That's she said, said, these people presenting at the border is not a crisis. No. But the conditions that they're being subject to and the system they're subjected to absolutely is a crisis. Yep. It's absolutely a critical situation. No, it's not a crisis that we are America and people are coming here because they want help. No, yep. that is not a crisis. The horrible, horrible conditions these children are being subjected to because you are refusing to do anything and refusing to turn anyone away and you chose to rescind policies that were stopping this from happening. And now, right... Fucking get this. 
The weighted Mexico policy, as it was commonly referred to, was actually a policy that forced people to stay in the country that they were applying from asylum from, right? Yeah. You okay. go to the embassy and you apply for asylum there. The program Jen Psaki is saying the administration is going to use to help solve this problem is the Central American Children's Plan or something to that effect, which allows children to apply for asylum in their home countries before they come here so they don't have to make the trek to find out at the border whether or not they can stay here. I'm sorry. Is that not wait in Mexico for children? Shh, don't say that. Trump oh, came up with that idea. Right. Don't say that. Sorry. Gosh. I'm sorry. That's exactly what the fuck that is, except it's only for children. That's the same thing. Yep. It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. And, and we've had we've had Joe Biden, Jen Psaki, Kamala Harris all say, and that's just to name a few, all say, oh, we eliminated policies that didn't do anything. They yep. didn't help. That's why we eliminated them. Because it wasn't doing anything. It wasn't fixing the problem. That's why we eliminated them. Even though that's how we're going to fix the problem now, because we can't get immigration legislation passed. I'll continue. I don't know if they couldn't get it passed. They're just not trying. Not even trying yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, Too worried about this infrastructure bill, apparently. Later in... Oh, yeah. That's the first thing on the list, man. Yeah. That's the first thing on the it's list. not immigration. Nope. <coughs> she was then asked about a potential super spreader event at the border because of the amount of people that are coming here that are either not being tested or testing positive and still either being released into the different facilities. I mean, mm -hmm. places like this, the interior facilities, because we then saw Ted Cruz release videos. There was a congressional yep. delegation that was allowed to go into one of the, into one of the facilities. Ted Cruz took videos, or something, like something that. like that. Ted Cruz took videos that were then interrupted, you know, things like that happened. And he released them. Definitely not COVID safe. Not at all. In rooms packed together. People can't all lay down at the same time. Let me see if I can find his Twitter. Jen Psaki says, that. in regards to the super spreader event, we are following CDC guidelines. Bullshit. Right. Bullshit. We're following CDC guidelines and all of this. <laughs> the dog's like, I'm trying to type and he keeps grabbing my pot. Like, no, there was... pet me. Pet me. <laughs> No update or idea when press would could go to the border or when the White House would release photos because they won't even release photos from the border. Nope. Um, that's when they were also asked. They, were, they admitted there's $86,000 just in one instance being spent on hotel rooms for migrants at the border, right? And so let's stop there for a second, right? Because this is all something I, also something I talked about on my Twitter that we have. Man, I hate that it, it's even like this. Oh, so you don't think illegal immigrants deserve things? Of course they fucking deserve things. But we're talking about homeless people, veterans, people losing their homes that are sleeping on the fucking streets. And instead, we're using tens of thousands of taxpayer dollars so that we can house illegal immigrants here while we're waiting because we don't want to fix the immigration system. It's kind of like teachers, like we talked about with teachers earlier. Combat veterans sleeping on the fucking streets. While we spend tax, while we're like, oh, we don't know what to do. We, I, we, how it, it's horrible. It's a tragedy that all these veterans are homeless. It's a fucking tragedy of the system. The system is broken. What do we do? But somehow we can fucking buy hotel rooms, whole entire hotel complexes, just buy them up just and store up. people in there because oh, we don't have enough room at the border. Uh, what do you do about that? I, I can't. I don't even like. The cognitive dissonance is, is thick. Yes. I don't... I'm trying to find... Like, and Ted yet, Cruz's I'll continue. Visit down there. Immigration crisis. This is 323. Veritas releases photos on 322 of conditions at the border. Um, the Crenshaw-Hassan interview happens shortly after that. The deportation numbers being cited by mainstream media. Those numbers largely reflect single adults, but families and, low in and lone children are still being accepted. And I, I'm not... 
again. Just to be very clear. I'm not like, oh, you're still taking people in. I'm, you're saying the border is closed and nobody can come here. But you're still taking in, what, 58% of families we talked about, something like that. Yep. And over 72% of, like, no children. Right here. No children being turned away. This is the, te- this is the video from Ted Cruz. Yep. This They're following it. CDC guidelines, though, right? CDC guidelines. CDC guidelines, like for sure. That's disgusting. And the workers at the facility have the gall to tell Ted Cruz to respect the people's dignity. To respect their dignity while we pack them into a fucking plastic-lined room with tinfoil fucking blankets. And talk about how our process is more humane than that of Donald Trump. Just look at this. This is... Fucking Colin and I forced to sit here and defend Donald fucking Trump. I hate it. I hate it. Look at this. I mean, it's just... What is going on? How can anybody see this and not be totally and it's completely more outraged? It's more humane than asking them to stay where they're at. So next time Jen Psaki gets on TV and she says... We're doing this in a humane way. We're following. You CDC know, you've guidelines. seen the footage exactly for yourself. Right there. She's lying to you. And the representatives that we're seeing from mainstream media, right? Because this whole card is about the interview that I sent you from Mehdi Hassan and Dan Crenshaw, right? 16-minute interview that I believe that I shared on my Twitter. It started with a graph about the apprehension eight months ago, about how... About how eight months ago the apprehensions were going up, and so to argue, and it's and the trend has has continued, and so to argue that this is a Joe Biden issue was disingenuous yeah. of Dan Crenshaw. Not the problem. Fucking great, we still have a goddamn problem at the border. That's great. <laughs> so it's so it's not just a Joe Biden issue. Awesome. awesome. Does that change anything now yep. that that's how we've classified this? You're, that's awesome. You're forcing right? it to not be political. No. And everybody's just refusing to say, well, no, it's it's their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault. It's it's everybody's fault. It's Every like, one of these people in Congress is com- is 100% responsible for what is happening down there. Every single one, whether you got a D in front of you, after your name or an R. I would They're all responsible it, for it. I would compare it to during the Trump years when, you're t- when you would talk to someone about, especially conservative, about like the deficit being mm-hmm. increased. You're like, oh, well, oh, yeah. doubled under Obama. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, he also fucking oversaw, you know, the biggest financial crisis until fucking COVID. I don't yeah. like are we really going to argue that he had any choice in the deficit doubling? I what the fuck? <laughs> like that doesn't change this. That nope. does not affect this situation. This is still the reality. Like so after that Saturday he, he hammered Crenshaw for 6 minutes about Crenshaw saying on a Fox News interview about, you know, no one being deported and something about an open border, right? Hammered him for six minutes about how all these apprehensions, and this is going up, and this is going up. So how can you how can you say there's an open border? How can you say no one is being apprehended? Dan Crenshaw continuing to try and cite the exact same metrics that we just cited. When over half the people at the border are not being apprehended, you... you have in effect an open border. And when you are Dan Crenshaw, a Republican from Texas who's on Fox News, what are you going to say? Uh, I'm sorry. Are that. you not going to hyperbolize just just a little bit? Or, yeah. or is that not what you're Of course what you're going to do. It's the same thing Mehdi fucking Hassan is doing right here in this goddamn interview. Yep. Just doing it from the opposite side. Yeah. So Mehdi Hassan said some of the effect of adults are not welcome. Um only children are being allowed, you know. So how how can you say that that it's an open border? You still have people here being held in facilities for 
over the legal amount of time because yep. nothing is being done to affect policy. Nothing is being done to affect At all. the way that the law has to operate, the way the, the federal government is forced to operate because of laws they passed. Back in the 1997 Flores arrangement. <clears throat> he then lied about the Title 42 process and tried to like use these buzzwords. To, it, it, was, it was a while ago that I wrote this, so I can't mm. remember exactly. This was before... I was going to talk about this yeah. last week, and then I had that migraine, so I lost some of the context, obviously. But yeah, he he lied about the Title Forty Two process. Um, about, uh, fuck! I wish that I could remember what he said. Now, um, he then ran Crenshaw around for another seven minutes about asylum agreements, and um, <clears throat> I wish that I could remember what Mediasan said about Title Forty Two. Um, health and welfare. Yeah. So then he ran around Den Crenshaw for seven minutes about the asylum agreements and how few people had, uh, you know, been processed for asylum in other countries and how it didn't really help. And how can you say this help if it didn't do this? Which, again, the same policies are being enacted now or being talked about now during the Biden administration to solve the problem. Yeah. So he was also taking advantage of the Zoom delay like every time Dan Crenshaw would take a second because he was having to wait to hear what Mehdi Hassan was saying. Mehdi Hassan would start talking again. You yep. know what I'm saying? It was horrible. And then he would talk, and so Dan Crenshaw would stop so he could hear what he's saying, and he would start talking again. Yeah. Just well, over kind of and over and over. That's the thing, too. That's he's just always what kind he's... of been like that. And it's so frustrating because I, I discovered him at, around the same time that you did. I, I think we, together, listened to the Interceptor podcast. He used to be fucking great. Yep. He used yep. to love Mehdi Hassan. And it's, he's just, now he's on like MSNBC or something. Yep. He's just another MSN. fucking shill. Yep. He's another mainstream media shill. Just another fucking shill. Listen, so this is from the just 20... like you and your double phone chill. <laughs> yeah. This is from the 26th, um, and Axios has said that 87% of family units had stayed the week prior, um, and Jen Psaki tried to spin it around to make it about single adults, and the reporter was like, no, 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 this is specifically family units mm-hmm. that stayed here, 87%, right? And that was the week of... 326 so it was the prior week so whatever week that was yeah um a lot of the family units will come in and they won't have they will go through a detention facility rather quickly because they'll do right. what is commonly referred to as to as the catch and release yeah you know they'll get them they'll essentially get them processed real quick get them a court date and then send them on their way right that way they don't have to stay at the facility so at that same time jen Saki was touting title 42 you know like this is why we're doing this she then got a question because apparently kamala harris called title 42 unconstitutional during the Trump administration when it was first enacted. So now she's like, so how do we, you know, has she changed her mind? Like, does it do anything different? And uh, Jen Psaki says, um, Title 42 is in place for public health reasons. That's her response. That's the top line of, if you if you yes. Google Title 42, it'll say public health. Yeah, it's in, it's in there for public health reasons. That's why. <sighs> uh, on the 29th, the, um, Jen Psaki yeah, was a lot asked, in Title 42, by the way. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, Jen Psaki was asked about Kamala Harris going to the border because a few days before this, during she's getting onto the plane, someone asked Kamala Harris, said, do you have any plans to visit the border? She fucking laughed. <laughs> not today. And then moves on. Like, okay, obviously you're not going to the fucking border today. We're asking you, since you have now been put in charge of tackling the immigration crisis. Are you going to go to the fucking border and see what's happening? Nope. <laughs> Not today. Yeah, so she gets asked, uh, you know, is the vice president going to go to the border? Is she going to go visit the border? Jen Zach's response. Again, this is a quote. Her focus is on the root causes. Yep. Right. 
the root causes, baby. So when and then she starts to go on a wolf. So if there is going to be a trip, you know, we would probably expect it to be like to those countries. You know, she's probably not going to go to the border. It's probably going to be, you know, to the South American countries so that we can try and tackle the problems there. Because that'll work in out in about ten years. Yep. After and it comes back around, just, we talked about that in our doubleheader last time. And then just yesterday was when I heard those numbers: March eighteen thousand five hundred unaccompanied minors across the border, all of which. And again, I'm not even arguing that we shouldn't be helping children on the border. That's right. not even what I'm saying, right? No. But unless you fix the problem on our end, what happens to those people as they come across? It's only going to get worse. And they're talking about when Joe Biden was asked about it in this press briefing that we did, right, the press conference, he continued to try. He continued to cite streamlining the process to connect the miners with their hosts here, right? Streamline the process, streamline the process. So now that you have 18,000 miners in one month. I mean, three times the amount we ever saw in the Trump administration. You don't have the infrastructure in place to streamline it. So now you're having to do that. The system is now overwhelmed three times what we saw before, and it was yep. overwhelmed at that time. Maybe we should flatten the curve. And well, and not not even that. My question is, how long is the average wait time for the children in these facilities, Ooh. in these plastic fucking walls with aluminum blankets? Yep. I mean, I've because heard we stories can't, up to, like, weeks. Because we can't effectively match them with people here. And there's no way you can. No. It'd be one thing if they were all U.S. citizens. You have to right? vet people. That yeah, you're you are turning unaccompanied yep. minors over to people who, in some cases, are also undocumented immigrants. You have no information on who they are. Yep. There has been strings of child of, of human trafficking. We've seen them end up at the houses of fucking sexual predators. Like we've seen this. Oh, this yeah. is documented. We have seen it. Not to mention the amount of sexual abuse that is happening at the camps. In the facilities. Good Lord. Especially, yeah, when you're seeing a mix, not just children being kept there, of children, young adults, adults. Because remember, children are less than 18. Yeah. And a lot of them, I mean, Biden admitted it during his press conference, a lot of these people are 16, 17 years old. That's... Not a good. That's not a good. And he's saying it like, to let's not act right like now. it's it's toddlers at the border. Yeah. So it's so much better to have a 16 year old at the border unaccompanied with, who knows what level of education, what type of skills, like what the fuck? What is a 16 year old gonna do? Teenagers are far less adopted, so much less here. Oh yeah. Than children, toddlers, babies. Like you're not any better off here just because you're almost an adult. No. Great. You have. Probably Even worse le- off. Yes, because now you have nothing. No support system. You are likely to just be turned out onto the government fucking dole because you don't have any other skills. Dog. Not good. I, do, like, <laughs> I don't understand. It's, well, it's dark, man. Because this is a... What this is is a manufactured humanitarian crisis. It was built due to bad policy, bad implementation, and an utter refusal to try to... Ad- address the problem it's terrifying it is 100 percent man-made we congress did this to us this is happening now because of congress failure to do anything over the prior decades since 1997 to fix it there's nothing nothing has happened right and we've talked about this in the past and i'm going to link to this episode will you go over the that little snippet we had for the flores agreement because all this and again i'll I'll link back to the episode that we did because at that time colin did a fucking deep dive into the flores agreement and why it happened how it happened yeah a lot of details so i'll make sure that i link back to that so you guys can go and find that episode and in Um, the meantime 
the original Flores settlement in yeah. 1985, two organizations filed a class action lawsuit on behalf of an immigrant ch of immigrant children detained by the former Immigration and Naturalization Service, formerly known as INS. Um, challenging procedures regarding the detention treatment and release of children. After many years of litigation, including an appeal to the United States Supreme Court, the parties reached a settlement in 1997. The Flores Settlement Agreement imposed several obligations on the immigration authorities, which fell into three broad categories. And so this is, you're talking about the federal government, a.k.a. Yes. ICE, CBP, whatever that federal authority is now. One, the government is required to release children from immigration detention without unnecessary delay in order to, in order of press preference, beginning with parents and including other adult relatives as well as licensed programs willing to accept custody. Two, with respect to children for whom a suitable placement is not immediately available, the government is obligated is obligated to place children in the least restrictive setting up least restrictive setting appropriate to their age and any special needs which to be clear let's just stop there for a mm -hmm. second we talk about the 72 hour window right and so this is kind of what they're talking about is they can be held in border patrol facility for 72 hours legally legally and then they have to be transferred at the very least to another facility which is run by the department of homeland security yep. part of that is because you can the president can kind of shove as much money into that as they want and fuck the money around as much as they want and move it and do whatever they want yep. with Homeland Security Thanks because the Patriot, the Patriot Act, Act and <laughs> fucking goddamn in America fuck you George Bush I hate it so that's really dick change that's, we know that. that, that yeah I guess that's true <laughs> so so the Department of Homeland Security has these other facilities and Jen Psaki references these all the time Anytime the Border Patrol facilities are brought up, she instantly tries to talk about Homeland Security facilities. She's Homeland like, oh, Security we'll try and, and get you into the Homeland Security or, yeah, HHS yeah. facilities as soon as we can. Yep. And they're like, no, 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 no. We want to go to the Border Patrol facilities. Yes. Like, because the Health and Human Services facilities and the Department of Homeland Security facilities are generally much nicer. They're better. They have an easier time following COVID protocols. There's yep. education services newer. there. There's health services there. There's fucking video games and shit. Like, there's actual things that a kid who has no family and no anything in a completely strange country can maybe kind of feel a little bit comfortable before they go and live with real human beings other than other unaccompanied immigrant children. But the problem, because the influx has been so severe at the border... Like you said, kids are spending way more than 72 hours at a border, sometimes two weeks at a time. Yep. It's horrible. I mean, I've heard 10 days, two weeks, horrible. Yep. In these conditions like we've seen with the blankets, the tiny plastic rooms, fucking buckets, toilet, like horrible Ugh. fucking conditions that are not, no. Jen Psaki admits, are not designed for children. They're designed for adults that were generally considering criminal, criminals because they came here in an illegal fashion. Yep. So... Like, they're not given good conditions because we don't give criminals good conditions. Like, that's how America rolls, <laughs> that's you how know? it's been for so, a minute. I, uh, yeah. And that, I think, speaks to that last point of the Flores Agreement yes. real quick. The yeah. government is required to implement standards relating to the care and treatment of children in immigration detention. And that's, that's they can implement about. those things at the federal facilities, the Department of Homeland Security facilities, and the HHS facilities. Yep. It's... It's stomach churning. I mean, I don't. You can you can try to play politics with the with the verbiage you use right. as much as you want. That's all you can do. But the pictures speak all for themselves. You know, 
children and people stacked up like cordwood in these little plastic bubbles covered or underneath a bridge overpass somewhere sleeping on the dirt. Open air facilities sleeping in the dirt with tinfoil survival blankets. Yeah, and you saw the pictures of the facility. I mean, when we showed you the video, it's T-posts with safety construction fence around it. That's the facility. Less than what you would use to keep fucking cattle contained. It's not, I don't, I'm just, I'm like speechless. And we talk about these things because it's, it's a humanitarian crisis. And it's, it's so important to understand not, not the, not only the root causes internationally of why people come here, which is also important to address, but on a domestic level, if nothing is changed here with our legal system, as far as immigration goes, this will continue to be a problem. It does not matter how many facilities you open at the border. It does not matter the different weight in Mexico policies, weight in South America policies, children, Central America plan policies. It doesn't matter. None of that matters because the people who do come here. Right. When the surges come, even if that's all we're attributed to, which right now it's not right yep. now, there is a surge happening, not only because of the regular uh, if that's like the, yeah, the annual the cyclical s- style of the immigration system, uh, but also because of the new administration. That is definitely why part of this is happening. No. This will continue to happen. Yeah. It will continue to happen if, if nothing worse. else on a reduced basis. And. And if it gets lower, right, they're going to close more facilities, just yes. like they did when they came into office. New administrations are going to continue to close facilities. So when there is another huge fucking wave, they're not going to be ready for it. Yep. If nothing has changed within the system itself, nothing will be any yep. different. The root cause to address is not just on the opposite side of our border. The, we have a root cause of failure of our system on this end. And nobody wants to touch it with a ten foot pole. The semantics, I don't understand yeah. it. It's 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 just posturing from from the stand, you know. It, it's and in the meantime, we have an unbelievable amount of human suffering happening within our own borders. Yeah, I just and they're trying to hide it. Like that's the yeah. worst thing is that they're trying to hide it. You know, it's for. <laughs> That what was you, one what of are you the, looking uh, up. <laughs> what are you looking up? What is this? Like, title 42. And there's like, oh, a subsection on leprosy. So apparently Weird. we have some stuff in there dealing with leprosy from back in the day. Um, so Title 42 basically lays out all of our public health, social welfare, and civil rights stuff. And it's 152 chapters that address all these different things from energy independence to what's new about leprosy <laughs> and that's what allowed the administrations to close the border to people because we were trying to ensure that people are safe from COVID. we talk about these yeah. things frequently on our social media you can find those things my personal social media i am at salt of the street on twitter and at alpaca underscore donovan on instagram colin is a big bird off on both of those things you can find all of this on our website, saltofthestreets.com, where you can also find our Instagram at Salt of the Streets, our Facebook, fuck Facebook, at Salt of the Streets, our YouTube at Salt of the Streets, where you're watching us right now. If you are watching us on YouTube, go ahead and leave us a comment, leave us a like, 
share this with your friends so they can know where to find factual unbiased information as well as our sometimes good takes sometimes we're just saying stupid shit <laughs> just kidding it's it makes always it fun. good just kidding it's always good um if you are listening to this in a podcast form please leave us a rating and a review five stars of course if you do leave us a rating and a review i haven't said this in a long time Ooh. and you send us a screenshot of that i will send you a t-shirt we will sign it we'll do whatever i'll spit on it if you want i don't know but i don't know people, <laughs> people, are, people are weird i don't know yeah yeah, somewhere around here, there's a bunch of prints, too, for Oh, they're under here. Yeah. Perfect. So I'll get those cooked up this week, so we'll have a fresh stock of inventory. So any size, ladies, men's T-shirts, we have that. I think I'm going to start making some tank tops, too. A word. Summer comes in. If anybody wants anything Sun's specific, hit me up. We can make some things. Jordan's really good at making cutoffs. I have a bunch of fucking cutoffs, so if you want a cutoff, you know. Ooh. Workout shirts. Yeah, exactly. Boom. So sweatshirts zippies anything like that i'll post a picture of another sweatshirt that i made i don't know i'm gonna start testing out some different stuff just try different things i'll make sure yeah. i post pictures of all of them so that if anybody sees anything they like they can hit me up and we'll send it out to you five extra dollars and we'll mail right out so Heck yeah it's pretty sweet i'm gonna i gotta make another uh walmart run at some point get a bunch of those four dollar t-shirts again just to play around with different things there you go i have some bunch of these i have a ton of these other like printer sheet things that but they're for like light fabric yeah but every time i try to burn one they like i don't know if there's something wrong with those but they just stick to the shirt and you cannot fully get a clean press out of it it's really strange but all the uh the heavy duty ones that we have for our, like our our standard kind of black on white program those are all the heavy duty ones that just sit there and look pretty yeah nice crisp clean yeah so we'll have all those cooked up real mm -hmm. soon so hit us up Anywhere on them social medias. Yes. So, now that we've sufficiently depressed everybody, <laughs> or if we haven't depressed them, I hope we've enraged them to start making phone calls. And call yes. your congressman, call your senator, say, fix this problem now. Quit pointing the finger at other, at other people for causing the problem and get to work fixing the problem right now. Yeah. And if you do not, you will not vote for them next come midterm or whenever their re-election comes up i've said it before none of these people deserve your support none of these none people of deserve to get their seat back none of these people deserve these positions if it, you've been in congress since 1997 and you haven't been working your entire career to change this system you don't deserve to be there this has been happening the whole time every, through every administration there has been a surge at the border nope. there's there's Bush, always Obama. It doesn't matter. There, there is always a surge at the border. Like I said, if nothing else, because it's cyclical. Because yep. during the colder months, it's an easier trek, so people come here more frequently. Yep. And that's why we haven't hit our standard surge point yet. Yeah. This is like the natural disaster surges during, you know, because coming from a different hemisphere, it's a different weather pattern during that time. And if you if because you hear this a lot. People, you know, they're not going to come up during the, the hottest months going through the desert. Yes, they will. They do every year. And yeah. it will continue to happen. And people yeah. die in the desert every year. Did you hear that time. terrifying story about one of the, uh, what is presumed to be a trafficker tossing a infant into the Rio Grande so that the CBP would come down and pick them up? Yeah. That's... Literally throwing them over the border. <sighs> I don't know. I can't. It's terrible. Everything is terrible right now. It's pretty sweet. I, I really try to find some, you know, because when you when you live in this quagmire of hypocritical nonsense and disastrous 
implications out of you know political justification i try to find the silver lining in certain things and the last few weeks have been really hard to do that because not a whole lot of good news other than you know a lot of states starting to reopen from the covid lockdown stuff like that that's nice that's good but everything it just every one of these people is terrible and they make terrible decisions that cause terrible problems yeah and i I don't know what to do about it anymore and it's it's i feel for these people man i feel for all of the people that have to deal with this stuff that are you know that see it on the news every day and their lives are just crushed by it because it doesn't go away because these people aren't doing their jobs to make these problems go away yeah they're more concerned with getting reelected or signing a four million dollar book deal like cuomo did as his administration was covering up covid numbers um have you heard the latest and greatest from that? No. By the way, let's hear just it. Just to shift gears. Um, let's so, hear it, and then I got a sports story. Right at the time when Cuomo was going to re- be releasing his book, yes. right about how he's the savior of the pandemic and all this good stuff, was exactly the time when his office was purposely cutting down, cutting out the numbers from these reports, yes, to make it so that it looked better on his end, so yes. that when the book release came out. They'd have some, you know, they wouldn't have those numbers at his back door. But on top of that, and this is actually coming from the New York Times, the story on this. He not only did, was doing this at the time, which is bad enough, right? But he was getting his staffers to write his book for him. And oh, my the God. For him and do all this stuff. He didn't even, didn't even write it himself. And then he gets $4 million, He gets a $4 million book deal. Do you think his staffers got that money? Oh Hard no. Terrible, which is absolutely fraudulent use of taxpayer money, by the way, because even though he may not be paying them to do that, they're going to volunteer, oh quote unquote. Well, and they definitely didn't do it just at home. No. You know what I'm saying? No. Like, even if they're salaried employees, they definitely no. were like, well, just in your off time, just write some pieces of my book. Like, it's terrible, man. It's terrible. And he's got, I've seen numbers from 9 to 11 allegations at this point about God. this guy needs to he, he needs to burn to the ground he his career needs to be over but it's funny how basically there's no media coverage on it because obviously you can't find it on cnn because his brother works there right but you know at least the new york times i mean that's a thing i i, I don't know what it says about the new york times that he's they've decided now he's persona non grata and he needs to go so they're finally reporting on what he's been up to the last couple years but i don't know man i don't know i want to end the note i want to end the day on a a light note but i know that's not coming no because i know what that story is about unfortunately this is in the same vein um as andrew cuomo so we're gonna hit some sports Sports! here you know what i got a quick thing we could talk about sports related after the terrible after the terrible story okay so we can end on a lighter funner note um, let's see. Sports, sports, sports. Yeah, we can talk about, like, some contract stuff real quick. Just oh, word. To, just we'll sandwich some, it. Some happy things. Some yeah. happy things, some bad thing, and then we'll end on some happy things. Uh, the Cardinals <laughs> signed Malcolm Butler to a one-year deal. Um, let's see. The Chiefs are re-signing Demarcus Robinson to a one-year deal. He was fast as shit. The Bills signed Matt Breida to a one-year deal. So that's what's up. Bills, um, Washington, 
the Washington football team, excuse yep, me. Washington football team. That was a close one. <laughs> um, they signed Adam Humphreys. He's coming over from Tennessee. That's pretty cool. It's gonna, so he's going to be with Curtis Samuel and Terry McCormick. Ooh, that's going to be a good That's a good wide receiver core. Seahawks signed passers for Carlos Dunlap to a two-year $16 million deal. I like that. I have not heard anything else on Russell Wilson's trade, so I don't, you know, there doesn't seem to be anything. Hopefully. Yet, you know. Um, let's see. It'll be controversial right before the season starts. Lombardi Lenny, um, who With is... a name like Lombardi, you better be a no. mean machine. No, Leonard Fournette. Um, they were calling him playoff Lenny. Oh. Um, because he started going off in the playoffs, and then they won the Super Bowl. So Lombardi, because of the Lombardi Trophy. Got it. Lombardi got it. Lenny. Yeah. His I was re- going to be like, did your parents actually name you Lombardi? No. Your whole ma- life be has horrible. been totally mapped out. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, no. And so he, he re-signed with the Buccaneers. There was a massive trade. The Dolphins trade their number three overall pick to the 49ers for the number 12 pick and a 2021 third-round pick. Um, yeah. So... You know, the, let's see, the Raiders signed Willie Sneed to a one-year deal. Willie Sneed! Mm-hmm. The it's Ravens. kind of like a knee, but with a, s- in the environment. <laughs> the Ravens signed um, see, Sammy Watkins shit. to a one-year deal. This is about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so that's what we're going to be talking about. Here it comes. Yeah, the, the Chiefs signed Darren, Jaron Reed, so that sucks really bad. I like Jaron Reed. I liked having him here, but he's gone now. Um... Okay, so let's just go ahead and get... Oh, we signed Tyler Lockett to a four-year $69.2 million deal. $69.2 million? So 37 guaranteed. Dang. Yeah, he better start showing the fuck up then. Yeah. I mean, he was quiet last year. Two years ago, he had like a crazy, crazy year, but last year was quiet as fuck. Dang. Enough of that shit. Okay. That's the one major league sport that we is not going to suffer with pay inequity. Do you, okay, let me ask you this, because one of the other questions asked Jen Sackler this week, do you think... The professional athletes should be forced to get vaccinated. What? Fucking for what? For why? Because you play a sport, you should have to get vaccinated? For what? Let's put it this way. It's not about the fact that they are professional sports players. It's the fact that they are they all have a ton of money. Yeah. And they, they were the first ones to have access to, to good testing. Of course they have access to the vaccine. And I'm sure... The NFL has policies to make them start getting vaccinated. No, and that's no? that's what the question was about is the NFL isn't going to mandate that players get vaccinated. And so that's why they're like, do you think players should have to get vaccinated? Fucking no. You don't lose your rights because you're a football player. Right. Like, that's not how it works. Certainly, there are limitations on what you can do. We've talked about it in the past. You don't get to say whatever you want. Like, you don't, you yep. still you work for that team. Yep, you got to be careful. You don't careful lose your, your individual media. rights just because you work for that. Just like I don't yep. feel like your regular company, if you're not a football player, should be able to tell you you have to get vaccinated if you want to come back to work. Fuck that's, you! That's going to be a thing. Yeah, absolutely. There's already discussion about it. That's the fucking the vaccine passport. That's why they're talking about it. Well, we're just going to let the private sector lead. You know what I'm saying? We're just going to let them do what they want because it's none of our business. If you want to mandate that all 9,000 of your employees across the country get vaccinated before they go back to work, none of my business. I don't fucking care. Fuck you, bro. Not good. Okay, so Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. So he has had now let's see, this article is from the 24th. It says, over the past two weeks, 16 women 
Oh. All service workers in the health and wellness industry have said they were assaulted by Watson after he hired them for a massage during separate incident incidents in 2020 and 2021. Um, an attorney for Watson has called the seven lawsuits filed last week meritless and told CBS News on Tuesday that, quote, any allegation that Deshaun forced a woman to commit a sexual act is completely false. Two of the 16 women are suing Watson for sexual assault. In one lawsuit, a woman alleges that Watson, this obviously, you know, some details here. So, um, Watson alleges that, or in in one lawsuit, a woman alleges that Watson, 25, forced her to perform oral sex on him during a, a December 2020 massage. The woman claims that after Watson, quote, aggressively started dictating that the massage and where he wanted the plaintiff to touch him on the body, he began forcefully telling her to move her hand down to his pubic area before forcing her to perform oral sex on him. Um, there are other allegations that he like rubbed his penis on people and like you know forced people to focus on his groin area for massages for like up to 25 minutes and like and then was like so what are we gonna like, fuck or yeah and um then like sent other nfl players to those people after he had like done those things then yeah Jeez. so um, this particular article is from CBS News. I read another article. It's from the New York Post. Um, this one is from March 17th, so it's a little bit earlier. And this is just about two lawsuits. Oh, this is just about the lawsuits, not about the other allegations. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's just not good. It's it really not good. Really don't um, look good. Yeah, no, so this Watson, this is this one's from the New York Post article. Watson, who the lawsuit says first reached out to Doe, Jane Doe, via Instagram direct messages two days before the alleged incident, incidents, apologized with a text message to which Doe did not respond. A few weeks later, the suit says Doe then received an Instagram direct message from other NFL stars saying she had been recommended to them for a massage by quote-unquote Big D, which Doe believed referred to Watson. The second lawsuit alleges Watson reached out to another massage therapist through Instagram direct message August 14, 2020. Um, as a result, this is a quote, as a result of social media post by a publicly seeking plaintiff's lawyer, I recently became aware of a lawsuit that has apparently been filed against me, Watson wrote Tuesday on Twitter. I have not yet seen the complaint, but I know this. I have never treated any woman with anything other than the utmost respect. The plaintiff's lawyer claims that this isn't about money, but before filing suit, he made a baseless six-figure settlement demand, which I quickly rejected. Unlike him, this isn't about money for me. It's about clearing my name, and I look forward to doing that. Um, it's... Yeah. You weren't kidding. That's heavy. Watson selected number 12 overall out of Clemson in 2017 is a three-time pro bowler for the Texans. He signed a four-year $156 million contract extension in 2020. He has requested a trade from the organization. <sighs> Not good. Not good. Not good at all. God, that's just... What is happening to people, man? What you hate happening? to see it, man. I, like, I don't... And I'm not, I'm not going to judge the guy now, but right. know, obviously wait to see what happens with the, the it lawsuits. It doesn't look very good. certainly doesn't. That many different individuals. And it, we've, again, we've spoken about many situations like this in the past. We are no. not going to meet to him. We're not going to say that he definitely did it. We, I do feel comfortable saying, like I just did, 17 women doesn't look very good. Doesn't look very good at all. That does not look very good. No. You know what I'm saying? It's... It's gets Ugh. it gets harder and harder and harder to give you the benefit of the doubt the more women come out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, it does. Especially it does get harder. And again, I I, I I'm not going to qualify too much, but especially when they're all 
all massage therapists. It all happens in like the same time frame. Like yep. that's that's not very good. It did. It don't look good for Deshaun. So I'll obviously keep you guys updated on that, uh, and we'll we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, on a lighter note, doesn't sound like he'll probably be making it into our fantasy draft this year. Ooh. It's hard maybe, but he's probably be well, a danger pickup like, if you get him. I always personally, that's a totally personal thing. I try not to, and I haven't for the last two or three years. I've like, excuse me, given up good players to stick by their personal thing. Like, not drafted people that I know have like beaten women or children. Mm-hmm. Like, I that's just a personal deal. It's fantasy football. It doesn't fucking matter. No one will ever know. It's not. Yeah. It's a personal thing for me. You don't want to make it's, that money. Off it's of that. solely their image for me in like in my own personal eyes. You know, like yeah. Tyreek Hill, like people like that. Like that's just one person, not to. As an example, like I, I haven't drafted him yep. in several years for that. So like, I just don't fuck with that, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's a personal thing. I don't, I've spanked my son before. I would never, I can never hit my kid, you know, like hit him, hit him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's not, that's not a thing. I don't like spanking him. You know what I'm saying? Nobody does. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. It hurts me more than it hurts you. Yeah. It's not a I good don't know, deal. dad. You're fucking big. It's not a good deal. <laughs> um, so on the, on the topic of fantasy football. Yes. I think, uh, in-person draft this year. It is. It's. I think it's time also to get serious about our expansion if we're going to pull the trigger on that. That's true. It's. It's getting close. Yes. Um, so I got to start. You know, I got to do some reaching out on my end too to find some people because at the end of the day, we're going to need a little bit. So more we want to go to two eight-man leagues, right? I think that. I think that's the first um, good way to expand, and then. You know, obviously have probably a couple years of that yeah. to see how everything works out. I'll but. start texting some people and make like verify the rosters for this year to see how many people are definitely coming back and then we'll know how many people we need to add to the league. Cause I think that yeah. Jake, I think Jake might take his own team if we're going to like separate it in two different. Yeah. He doesn't have a choice and... at this point. <laughs> so there's no team. There's no more team jam. No, okay? no, it's, it's been a, enough years. Yeah, it's team J so, and team M. <laughs> yeah. And we'll be able to get a couple more people in there. Yeah. I think, and um, I think we can make that work. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll have to offline. We'll have to hammer out some of the, those details that we were talking about to make sure when we reach out to people that we're a good idea how it's no, all going to work. Gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be pretty seamless. You know, I, I think, think so. that if you and I just separate ourselves in like as the commissioners and I can show you the ropes oh, of the bro. computer style. That's, those are big shoes you to fill, buddy. You think you commission the league B? I think I, I can run things. Yeah. You know, you're not going anywhere, and that's what I'm looking for. Yep. Someone I know is going to keep playing. I'm kind of tied into the yeah, program. You're stuck. If you're playing, <laughs> if you're doing this with me, we're playing fantasy yep. football together. Just just like Jake, don't have a choice. He's going to have to start his own team. I'm going to have to hold up the the vice commissioner seat. Yes, the B League. I think I think a lot of people would be into that though. I, I think, think so. that would be really cool. Yeah, I think yeah. We'll have to. I gotta have to go back and find the episode where we talk about it so I can remember all the great ideas we came up yeah. with. <laughs> But yeah, that, when's the uh, when's the draft coming? Um, it's soonish, see, our right? Fantasy draft is usually in August. It's like right about my mom's birthday, so the end of August. So the regular draft, June. I think it's in like July. Okay. So I think the NFL draft is in July. So it's TikTok, it's coming. It's coming. It's time to start thinking fantasy, baby. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Um, people are trading picks. It's getting close. So I was gonna bring up hills to die on, but I think we obviously. Uh, built those and knocked them down already today yeah i can't come up with another depressing thing i'm pissed off about because it's it. just it's all there it's yeah. all there <laughs> i think if i did have a hill to die on would be take your time 
Take your time. Just be like a dad thing. And then I learned that. Like I went shooting yesterday, you know, and um, I'll post some videos later this week of that. Um, and I'm going to post, I'm going to tell everyone, I'm, I'm going to post the misses and the hits because there was a lot of misses yesterday. I did like a lot of steel work and stuff like that. And so I missed the steel a lot. I did a lot of pistol work yesterday. Um, and I'm far less adept at pistol than I am at rifle. Pistol is much harder than rifle. There's a yeah. lot more. Seem to be a very large technique. range difference as well. Yes. A lot more yes. distance between you and that target. Yeah. And that steel target's much smaller than our normal target. <laughs> yeah. So we did some different stuff. Um, I have some good videos. I, there's one video that I have that I'll show you that I took from three different angles. It's a 1 through 11 that I did on the barricade where they were. I only had two that were out of that black circle. Ooh. So I have, I have a video from here, a video from here. And then before I stopped those, I took my phone out and started recording when it turned the other cameras off and then walked to the target so there's no question of of whether or not these are all the same video and everything that's funny so that's funny yeah so the one through 11s are pretty good and that one was probably at like 15 yards or so so not too mm -hmm. far did a one through 11 on that steel um that i posted that video yesterday that it even though i don't think i had a single hit on that video it's there's still things to be learned from it, you know, that yeah. like I was still able to get some transitions done and do all those things. I, like I said, I was like fucking with the magnifier for a little bit. So I was trying to do that and then flipped to the sides like halfway through and it still didn't hit shit. And it's, but I, I do feel proud. I was able to nail the steel several times in a row, mm -hmm. no magnifier, straight red dot, like 65 yards. So let me ask you this though. Are you, are you at the very least, even though you're not hitting targets as much, are you mentally going through the process of pulling the trigger every single time? Um, I'm having to get to that. And that's mm -hmm. part of, it's gotta be a tough thing to implement. That's part of what I'm learning uh, or part of what I'm able to learn from shooting every time I go mm -hmm. is to take my time to like, yeah. to focus because if I don't follow through all those steps, it's not going to be a good shot. Like you yeah. have to do the same things every single time or else it's not going to be a good shot. And so that's where I'm starting to, in that one video that I showed you, you can even hear Andy in the beginning saying like, you don't have to cook through it. He was telling mm -hmm. me like, take your time, slow down. You don't have to cook. Like don't. Yep. And so he just, he just started recording just at the end of him talking oh, you nice. know so that's what he's saying it's like don't cook like don't worry about it like take your time you know and it's you get caught up especially in there like you want to look cool you know you want to look cool you want to look cool i want to be fast i want to boom 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 like get out mm -hmm. bunch of fucking hits bing 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 like that's you want it to look like that you yep. know but you can't like you have to work your way there oh yeah you know well like i watched a lot of those uh, back when we were shopping body armor and stuff you know watch a lot of those like more or less professional gun channels and yeah. they're out there shooting armor with various you know calibers and stuff and they're not even they're not hitting every time they go oh missed that one yeah oh missed that one yeah so well, it's definitely I, not i always have to remind myself not only that i've not been shooting for that long but also like when i'm using a target you know yeah and we're like 60 yards away and they're all in here like well that's that's good like that's, that's not good. it's not it's not pinpoint accuracy but that's yeah. also not i'm not taking 10 seconds between every shot to like line up and make sure it's good like you're fucking hitting through spots on a barricade, you know what I'm saying, as quick as you can at 60 yards, yeah. and you're still getting them all in a circle this big. Like still that's in the kill zone. On the size of a person, and that's what you're talking about. Like yep. that's that's all going to do the job. And in, and in a true threat scenario, the difference between in the bullseye and in the third ring doesn't make a difference. You know what I'm no. saying? Like that's not going to – if you have nope. a tight grouping and it's just down to the left a little bit – that, that'll fine. be okay in a life-saving scenario it's not going to make a difference yep. you know and so it's it's so easy to get lost in that though when you're there and you're just like fuck like, i'm missing i'm not hitting what i want to hit and like well yep. that's 
true, but also it's okay. You yeah, know? definitely. So it's, yeah. Well, I think I have a very quick hill that I'm Let's just, hear it. just thought of. Let's hear it. You know, I've, I've spoken a lot today about the, the problems that we're facing seem to be societally implemented in a lot of ways. You know, everything from vac- vaccine passports on to not holding our Congress people responsible for the crisis at the border. But if we're going to go forth and society, you know, culture is going to dictate what policy looks like in the future, I think it's all time that we, we all need to kind of sit there and reflect on what it means to be an American and what are, what's the core what's the core things around you know what our nation was founded on individual liberty freedom respect for other people stay out of other people's business unless it's a direct you know unless you're directly affected to it let live and let live let kind of people make their own mistakes let them do what they want and try every day to be a little bit better of a person and that does not mean going out and virtue signaling to everybody it means through your actions throughout the day, being nicer to people, trying to be more understanding to people that might have a contradictory view to you on an issue. I think we just need to start being a little bit better people. And if everybody did that, if 51% of the country did that, it'd be a much better place in the long run. So respect for your fellow man. Try to be a good person every day. Hill to die on. Don't be an asshole. I'm my play carrier. I have two morale patches. One of them is just an American flag and like a black and like a black and gray thing. Mm-hmm. And the other one, it's three symbols. It's a peace sign, um, an autonomy symbol, and then a snake. Yep. Peace, autonomy, and liberty. Yep. And I there it is. I I wear both of those things right next to each other because I feel like to me, and I'm sure there are many libertarians, anarcho-capitalists, like, you can't wear both those things at the same time. To, so to me, to me, those things are the exact same thing. You yeah. know, to me, the ideal America is a place in which I don't have to worry every day about the safety of myself and my family. Yeah. I don't have to worry about people infringing on my choice to do what I want. I can do what I want. I can be what I want. I can live how I want. And I don't have to worry about infringing on my liberties. Yeah. I can, I can worship how I want. I can do what I want. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about other people. Yeah. In a perfect America, you have the freedom to own body armor and guns, but never have the need to use them. You just plink with them in your yard. Yeah. Just you just fun. LARP. Yeah, you just LARP. LARP up all the time. You there know? you go. There you go. Well, you got a burner line for us on the way out or I no? do. Oh, I'm so excited. I actually listened. I watched something. Listened to it. I didn't watch it because I was driving on the way here. Mm-hmm. I played something on Netflix. I do that. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I just say, let it go. I'd say I do that a lot nowadays with uh, YouTube videos. Yeah. That that don't that don't have an audio format. Yeah. So I'll just plug that in and I'll stick it underneath my middle console and just listen to it that way. So apparently Netflix showed me there's even an audio only version that you can flip a switch and have just the audio play from Netflix so you can lock your phone. That and is. And you can still listen to it. So that's dope. So, if there's any show that you guys are really into, I don't know if that's just the double phone, because double phone swag, or, you know, but... Fucking double phone There's show. some apps. Okay, the double phone is really sick, and I I used it with you already, being able to, like, yeah. have an article on here and pull up our message, and just, there's a button specifically for screenshotting shit. Oh, um, nice. I was going to say, because when you screenshot, it doesn't give you the whole thing. No. Because that you couldn't send that to anybody, because yeah, no, the resolution would be the same. That button, boop. 
It's oh, immediately that's what's dope. on the other side. It just screenshots it and puts it into the conversation. Oh, that's so cool. And it doesn't save it or anything like that. I don't have to worry about it. I can just fucking just close it out. You know, if you can figure it out. Maybe there it is. <laughs> yeah, I can do all that. It's it's dope. That's I can super see cool. Myself. Yeah, switch the apps, do all the things. I, yeah, it's been absolutely incredible. It's made a huge. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm definitely going to be considering it as I shop for a new phone. And you take this one is a phone. That you fucking, it's like, what? Leave me alone. <laughs> that you, is the actual phone, and you set it into this. The only thing, I wish they were both this thin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what I wish. Yeah, because close this that one, thing. That is, that's it's a fatty. It's a beast. That's it's a brick. It's taller than my iPhone. It's thicker than my iPhone. The second screen also is a case, though. It's a case and a screen that you put it into, so it has, like, some protection, you know? That's good. This outside screen don't do shit, so I w it has, like, a little display there, so you can see, like, the time and shit. Oh, yeah. I do wish, that's the other thing, I wish they were both this thin, and I wish this outside screen did something else. But it doesn't, so it just... It doesn't, it but... It just hangs out? I can flip this all the way around. And so, like, this, oh, this okay. screen will turn off. So I can use it just like a regular phone. I can talk on the phone like this. I don't have to have the double That's thing good. opened up. Yeah. So you could do a lot of shit just like this. And it's a Samsung? This is an LG. LG. It's okay. the LG. There's, like, ten names. It's the LG V60 ThinQ. <laughs> I swear to God, there's something else yep. on there, too. It's a fucking huge name. I believe it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. This is the thing I went through with all those dudes at the store, and then the guy went on that tirade about, not a tirade, but he spoke for several minutes about the Second Amendment and the ways in which he felt like it should be limited and mm -hmm. redone. And, and I was just like, bro, you do not. Yes. This is not the one. Like, I'm not the one that You're you want You're in the wrong weight class to have this conversation, When buddy. he first brought it up, I thought that he was going to, like, pro be with me. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah fucking a right fuck the atf and then he was like you know mental health checks and blah blah, blah. I'm like, whoa whoa hold on whoa you you're i'm pretty sure the second amendment reads you have the right to you know keep and bear arms as long as you're as long as the government says it's okay did you know the ninth circuit court of appeals which yep. they it's working its way they up ruled no no the ninth circuit ruled last week mm -hmm. that People within the Ninth Circuit do not have a right to carry. Yes. And Whether that's open to, or concealed. And that's going to go up to the Supreme Court. Oh, you're goddamn Court, right it is. Which might culminate in a national open carry through constitutional fiat, which I do not hate. Constitutional carry is about... Constitutional it's, carry. It is... That's it. That's like that's it. It, if for modern two A, that's Keep as good and as you bear can get. Arms. Yes, to have constitutional carry, no fucking permit to have to like conceal carry. That's 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 the, dreamland for modern two A. That's as yep. good as it gets. That's pretty much all you can ask for at this point. I would say that would be fulfilling the constitutional right that we have. It bothers me to. I am. I talked about when I got my concealed carry license. It bothers me to some aspect that you don't have to have some type of experience. But I also like. You shouldn't have to. You know yep. what I'm saying? I think you should because you should be responsible with it. Yep. And it's dangerous to carry some shit that you don't know what you're doing with. Every right but, bears a responsibility. Yeah. But I also don't think you should have to. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's anybody's nope. job to require. What if you're be... just terrible at shooting? Like, what if you just fucking suck? You've been shooting for 10 years. You just fucking suck. Nope. You can't qualify. You just can't carry. That doesn't seem right. You know? And it does not make sense at all okay. because you don't need to do that at 10 yards. No. You know, you could basically hit a brick wall. Or worst a, comes a to worst, wall at that point. if you're terrible, give me your gun. 
I'll, I'll let me use your gun. I'm better at shooting than yep. you. Just give me your gun, and I'll use that one. And it shouldn't be, and that should not be a felony either. <laughs> Fuck no. Mm. Mm. You need to protect yourself. Here, my G. Take I that shit. You. I'm your bodyguard now. Take that shit. Yep. Bodyguard needs gun. Who are we? Who am I? I don't even recognize. Who you have anymore. I become? <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Obviously, on our YouTube at Salt of the Streets, we have our Instagram at Salt of the Streets, we have our Facebook, fuck Facebook at Salt of the Streets. But for our own personal social media, I am at Salt of the Streets on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. He is a Big Bird Offy on both of those things. Excuse me. Ooh. I already said this, but you can find all this on saltofthestreets.com. If you are watching this on YouTube, please leave a comment, a like. Share this with your friends. Put it on your Facebook. Put it on your Instagram. Put it on all the things, your Twitter, so that everyone knows. If you're listening to this in a podcast format, please leave us a rating and a review. Five stars, as always. Screenshot it. Send it to us. I'll send you a t-shirt. We'll sign it. We'll do whatever you want. I think that's it. Um, oh, obviously, if you can find out. I need to say this every time I attempt this. Mm -hmm. Forget it. If you can find out where this line came from and tell me, then I'll also send you a free t-shirt. So... Whoop, whoop. Let me know. Okay. So listen closely. Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, my ears. The doctor said I can't sleep for five hours or I might die or something. <laughs> oh, I got blown so I can't sleep. I don't even understand that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.